This episode and most episodes of A Beer With are recorded live in Diffuse Studios. You can get it spinning a tune. You can get it podcasting before noon. You can get it when you're feeling real tops. And you can get it at Friday knockoffs. Because a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is A Beer With, the podcast stubby cooler. Get it on a live stream. You can get it while making a meme. You can get it when you're playing COD. And you can get it while listening to the pod. Because a hard earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. You can get it right in the baseline. You can get it chatting on FaceTime. You can get it talking about. Matter of fact, I've got one now. Because a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. Go to the website, abeerwith.com, for all your podcast needs, including the one place to find a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. How are we, everyone? It is Monday, the 23rd of November. I'm recording this in our new studio, the first podcast done in the new studio with Art Supplies, uh, and I'm recording this one here in the studio as well. Uh, there's a heap of exciting things happening in the world of a beer with. We've just announced, and I announce on this podcast, that we are doing a short run of VR, virtual reality podcast, partnering with Lumination, which is a uh, small VR company here based in Brisbane. Uh, And so you should definitely go check them out. It's www.lumination.com.au. Go check them out uh, and go to their socials. Give them some love, uh, like their page, do all that cool stuff uh, because they're supporting us with this podcast, the VR podcast. And, you know, without them, I don't think I would have been able to get this done by myself. So big shout out to them. Go show them some love uh, and, you know, support what they're doing as well because they're supporting me. So this podcast, you'll see it says A Beer With Us. Now, this is a variation on the standard podcast. uh, And what it's going to be is I'm going to have a few regular people who come in to do podcasts with me sort of on a regular basis. And these ones will be with some people who I really sort of get on well with and have really great discussions with either on the podcast or also like outside the podcast. These are people that I talk to quite regularly within the industry. uh, And I wanted to have them on regularly so we can answer some questions. We can, uh, you know, go over some some specific topics and things like that and really just dive deep on whatever their sort of specialty area is. So today we've got Art Supplies on. We're talking uh, mainly on... This one is, you know, mainly about workflow with music production. We do start off talking a bit about him and what he's been up to. We do the music production and then we talk about um, sort of some conspiracy type stuff. Uh, Jordan wouldn't describe it as conspiracy, but that's probably the easiest way to uh, just sort of, you know, explain the kinds of topics we're talking about at the end. So uh, I think you guys will really enjoy this one. Let me know if you enjoyed this style of podcast uh, you know, where I've got some regular people who can come on and we can really dive deep into these topics. Um, so yeah, let's uh, just get this one going, guys. Hi guys, welcome back. This is another episode of A Beer With. 
I'm your host Jai and today on the episode we have a beer with us which is with art supplies. So this is the new format for a regular one that I'm going to be doing every now and again with some regular guests as we described at the start. So in this episode uh, we answer a few questions sent in by some community members. So we talk about how to get out of you know a creative or writer's block, when to get out of a loop and start working on the rest of the track, how to finish off a project, uh, some sound design theory and things like that, and then tips and tricks for workflow. Uh, like I said at the start as well, before the music, we talk about some conspiracy stuff. It's not specific to specific conspiracies, it's more just a discussion around why we have very different sort of opinions on these kind of things uh, and sort of trying to figure out what the difference is maybe between myself and Jordan Art Supplies uh, because we are very similar in a lot of things in our life, uh, but this is the one thing where we're polar opposites. So we had a very civil, very sensible discussion about this, uh, which I think is something that everyone needs to start doing a bit more of. Uh, but this is us having that discussion on the show. So I really think you guys are going to enjoy this one. There's, If you're a music producer, you have to listen to this. There's some really cool stuff in here that I actually learnt and sort of took away from it as well that I really enjoyed. So um, yeah, I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. So let's just get going. So as always, sit back, crack a beer if you have one and enjoy the episode. This is A Beer With Us and this one is with Art Supplies. All right, man, let's do a little cheers to start uh, Cheers. Off. Welcome to the new studio, bro. Thank you, man, thank you. Um, and everyone else, welcome to the new studio. Yeah, welcome, um, I, sh- I shouldn't be welcooming you. It's not, nah, my, you can it's not my people. Space, but welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the new space. Um, we're still moving in, obviously, but there's enough stuff here for us to do the podcast i think so you could swing a fair few cats in here that's for sure yeah it's gonna be sick when when it's done um i'm sure you guys will all see uh you know footage and videos and and photos and everything of the space as it comes together but for now you're just gonna see this uh we're only doing one camera today um the second one will will get set up and and you know get it all sorted so and we'll actually I think we're actually yeah. going to make the space a bit cool, like behind the couch. I'm going to get a big, a beer with yeah, thing and, and yeah. maybe even some kind of thing I can have the guest name on and stuff. Or green screen it. Yeah, that's an option too. There's a lot more editing Whatever you want. More editing though. Dries <laughs> <laughs> up until like three in the morning, buddy. Yeah. Green screen. I can just put a logo up there actually, so that, that could be cool. But um, yeah, welcome everyone. Um Art supplies. Thank you, Jordan. Yes. He's been on before. I think it was episode six. Did we say before? I think it was episode. It's about six, episode yeah. six. Yeah. So right near the beginning, uh, you're on the show, and we've also done. This is not news during COVID, uh, which right. was yeah. over Zoom, a little yes. bit different. Um, yes, that's to the, right. To the normal one, but that was a really fun one as well. Uh, so yeah, I thought you know what uh, what better guests to have in than, than yourself thank you um, we, we talk a lot <laughs> we're we, always um, talking so, we're working yeah. on some music together as well uh, and I thought I'd just get you in see what you're up Thanks, to and, yeah. and have you on the show so Thanks. how you been I've been good thank you I've been really good uh, busy um, busy doing what because it's COVID you know yeah. everyone knows that some people don't have a lot on a lot of people are doing heaps yeah what are you doing I'm always keeping busy generally so like COVID or no COVID I'm like the type of person that's like, I can't just sit there and watch TV. Like everyone asks me, what TV shows are you into? I like, yeah. don't watch TV. So I'm always like, you know, trying to do something, learn something new, whatever. Um, a lot of the time it's music related. So obviously uh, we all have our day jobs, trying to yeah. keep up with the, the bills and stuff. But um, music related, so like outside of, out of working, 
been trying to do a lot of tutorial stuff, trying to help. As in create tutorials or, or what? Yeah, both create. So since the start of COVID, it gave me a lot more time and a lot of a perspective shift on kind of where I wanted to take things and um, things that I enjoyed doing more so. Like, I think I found that I'm really creative in terms of just coming up with lots of ideas. So yep. just finding avenues to put those ideas and to start, just keep creating and keep being happy with that. Yep. Um, and not really caring sort of where it went. It was more just doing it for the fun of creativity. Yeah. So then I sort of switched around and said, you know, instead of going, hey guys, come check out my Instagram, my new song, da 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 da, it's all about me. I'm going, I need to start telling people a little bit like or giving back or trying to yeah trying to do something that's not only going to help me by talking about it and interest me by talking about it but giving back to the people that i needed when i was starting and when i'm like yeah. i need somebody to come and help me or like just post some stuff or like a tip every now and then to follow is just you know i think that's really important mm. uh so apart from doing that i dived into that um i've also dived in pretty pretty hard into like side project um back doing stuff with more live music in a band setting oh that's right yeah the band yeah we're so gonna talk about that we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute yeah I'll, I'll post that uh postpone that sort of chat but um in terms of like my own art supplies stuff uh keeping up the producing i've got a few records that are on hold um mm -hmm. due to covid that i've actually got one coming out december 10th maybe i shouldn't be announcing that, <laughs> maybe coming out yeah may or may yeah. not be coming out next month um and then yeah, a couple other ones which I've been waiting for. A lot of people have been waiting for going, when's this coming out, including me. Um, but apart from that, um, helping other other people in terms of like lessons and things, yeah. like picking up so a fair few lessons. Teaching then, yeah. Yeah, I've got a couple of kids that I teach production. Yeah. Um, so young, young Yeah, kids. like 12 and like... Oh, cool. Yeah, like young. And so, so is that like uh, in person or is that yeah, something... Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've picked that up. Um, so you've got a blue card then? Yes, I do. Surely you would with your work that you do. You put me um, on the spot, but yes, I do. Now it yeah. seems like I don't have one. Yeah, I definitely no. have Well, because I know you do, um, you know, you do the, the disability mm. work and stuff. So I would assume you would have to have one. Yes, for yeah. with I'm kids fully there. covered. I'm fully covered, yeah. guys. Same. Um, I've got one too. And Johnny has one too. We could have kids at the studio. Probably won't, but <laughs> but, but we're, we're all covered. We're setting up, yeah, we're setting up kids production classes next week. Um, Holidays. Hey, there's an idea. Holiday that's an idea. Watch classes. this space. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it's now like becoming such a big thing for young kids and like yeah. people starting out. Like you can see Martin Garrix on, you know, being a DJ, or whatever. Everyone wants to be a DJ now. It's all yeah. over socials. So there's kids that are 12 years old that are being that got setups and they've got they can learn, they can start things early and then get into it. So they're keen. Yeah. They want to they want to play dance music. I'm like, you got six years before you're entering anywhere where you can play this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I play like disco or something. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there's a few. That'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but yeah, I know what you mean. Light, Before yeah. you can, you know, like that's just blue light discos. What, there's once. not much outlet. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, these kids, like <laughs> you have a shortest attention span when you're a kid. Like yeah. you, you kind of put a little bit of effort into something, but you, you're not getting much return for it. Like that's especially with DJing and pr production. Production like a, even more. It's a you long know? journey. And, yeah. you know, so it's kind of trying to keep these kids interested. Yeah. Um, so is that challenging? Learning. Like, yeah, like holding their attention when you're teaching them, because you know production's quite technical. It is, yeah, yeah, but it's all about making it fun. Yeah, so that's why I really like doing it because mm. it keeps me in the mindset of doing things for fun and being creative about it. Yeah, and not going, oh, I've got to make a specific, 
you know, banger or whatever, yeah. you've got this idea in your head you've got to stick to, it's better to have that like sort of boundless creativity when yeah. you're when you're a kid. You just yeah. kind of whatever. And we just we take samples from like his dog and then, you know, like change it into something and then yeah. sample other things. And so yeah, it's um it's rewarding, it's challenging, but at the same time it's like I wish I was 12 years old and getting production you were lessons. The kid in the lesson, I yeah. know. It's like, what? Why did I start so late? Yeah. Um, we all say that. Yeah. When did you start again? Like, I know we've done the podcast. And yeah, I didn't start really... till like 23, 24. Yeah. But DJing earlier? After. So you... It's produced first. Okay, so you started at 23. Yeah. Producing. Yes. Yeah. We've talked yes. about this on the other yeah. podcast. I <laughs> Maybe know, we but... should go fact check but our that own was, That was like a year and a half ago almost, that first one. Yeah, it was. So it that was, was ages ago. So a lot's changed. Um, yeah. What's happening with the album? The album I took a nice creative break from. I <laughs> yeah. actually started, actually started yeah. on a couple of the tracks again um, the other day. Uh, primarily because, and I'll tell you why, um, I had to learn a hard lesson in trying to do everything myself. Now... Like, I don't know whether that's just me or whatever, but I got into my head. I was like, nah, I want to do everything myself on this record and like start to finish ideas, recording, vocals, everything. Yep. But then I'm sort of like during the process came to the conclusion that doing, doing it that way is more selfish. You've got to do it for the music, the end result yeah. of the piece of music and let the piece of music stand on its own and, and do what it needs to do. Yeah. Now, I'm good at my rhythms. I'm good at some of my chords and things like that. I know I can do that stuff. I can't sing for shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> we've done some stuff before and you're not okay, too yeah. bad. Okay, I may or may not have sung on some records, but like... In, in terms of the stuff that I really want, that's yeah. like a standout you want vocal that next feature. Level, yeah. You want someone to really like bring their their ten cents to it and like and do what they do best. Yeah. And I think allowing the record to breathe and allowing it to flourish in whatever kind of way it needs to go is better than like limiting it to just yeah. me and just and putting the pressure on myself and the and the like you know, like people talk about writer's block and like it, it puts that pressure kind of pressure on. It's like, you know, you, you had to come up with the ideas. Now it's all on you. And it's like, since working with other people, working with like yourself and stuff, like it's, it's better to have that bouncing of creativity and then have that moment where you go, okay, my idea might not be as good in this thing. And if I decide to work with someone else or let someone do their part, it can take it to the next level. Mm. And that's where, you know, the record's going to have what it, it needs and yeah. justify what it actually is. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, that's the process of taking with the album. So now I'm revisiting the tracks that I'm not convinced on certain parts of and then doubling down on the parts that I do like. Yeah. And then like freeze and flatten syndrome. Like these projects are like a hundred bloody tracks. And yeah. then my CPU you've been is working on them for a long time. I know too. my CPU is like, it's, it's a time where you just need to go render that out to audio and leave it alone yeah. and stop touching it. Like it's that stage. Yeah. So I promise you, I'm going to put this thing out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've just like, honestly just been having fun with moving between my different creative aspects yeah. and having no pressure on myself to release it yeah. has been the best thing. Yeah. So, I yeah. think albums are such a big 
thing to undertake. Like, you know, like I took it to, to Odd Mob, for example, same thing. He, yeah. He's been working on the, his album for ages as well. Um, and, you know, you have breaks and things like that. And he's yeah. spoken about that. But yeah. it's a big thing to do. Like it's, it's a lot of work and especially if you're trying to do it all yourself, like you said, um, you know, that's, that's something that can be pretty challenging. So I yeah, don't, it's a big I don't envy you. I don't yeah. envy you. Well, taking it on um, was more so just something that I've always wanted to do anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to do an album too. Yeah, I think, I think everyone kind of yeah. has that like, yeah. oh, I'd love to write an album. Then yeah. you've got to think about, you know, the from start to finish of the album, it's got to tell the same story. Yeah. And I would write. Yeah. And I would write something and I'm like, that's sick. And then something else would go and it's like, yeah, that's a cool track two or three. And it yeah. sort of like tells a bit of a story and yeah. it keeps progressing. And then I'd write something else and be like, yeah, that doesn't fit. That's not or at all. Or like yeah. whatever. But then, you know, for example, Dioro's album from a few years ago, he did one that was like every single track was really different. And I really liked that. So again, there's no bounds, but I kind of really want to focus on making sure it's authentic from start to finish. Yeah. Has that sort of similar sound or vibe throughout. So you go yeah. like that's a complete album and story. Yeah. yeah. It's one thing, one body yeah, of work. Yeah. And like, like you said, it tells a story. Is there a name for this album? I don't know if I've ever asked. No. Yeah, I don't have a name yet. No. No, it's probably going to be Untitled Album. Um, you can't nah, do that. That's no. that's a, that's the Dead Mouse. He's already done. Oh that. yeah, it is. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. Well, um, unknown album. Un unknown. Untitled? Nah, I can't yeah. remember. I don't know. Yeah. Let's call it like. He's got a lot of albums, so. Yeah, the longest album ever taken to make. That's what I call it. Your one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's been people who have taken way longer though. Yeah, true. It's, it's like you can write things over like massive, massive times in your life and changes and you know different ins inspirations and stuff. So yeah, so yeah, big undertaking. Yeah. So the album's still coming. So what about the band? Tell tell everyone about the band because because I've you know we've spoken a little bit about it and I've seen you know there's been yeah. times where you've come and we've worked on it and you're like oh, I'm going to get into the band or you're coming back from yeah, I've working with the band. I, yeah, so I've dedicated a lot of time to this. And yeah. like I'll take you back pre, pre say, even like grade 12. Yeah, right? to so, high school, yeah. Yeah, so from an early age I was drumming. It was always my first instrument. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky enough to be involved in many, many bands, both jazz, blues, funk, Latin, and then like some rock bands and stuff, orchestras, all that kind of thing. Eventually moved into doing like drumline work. Um, managed to go to uh, China for the Olympics in 2008. That was awesome. Um, as you didn't know that drumming was in the Olympics? Yes. Uh, I was, <laughs> what, what, well, it was the Olympic. What were you doing? I was the Olympic band or part of this band. Oh, and they, okay. They yeah, brought yeah. people from all over the world together to yeah. play. And um, That's sick, man. It was really cool. Got to play on Great Wall of China, all this kind of <laughs> stuff. Some really nice, That's incredible memories. Um, but... Doing that experience got me like really good at my chops at, at playing drums. Mm. And then I was really into sort of like the metal scene and like um, believe it or not, like a lot of people go, what the, you? Like, yeah, because you've got the... You've got, <laughs> yeah, I'm know. like real laid back and not very angry. Yeah. But um, yeah, like metal, metal was really like big for me, um, especially like, you know, late teens and stuff you sort of you go through that stage of being a bit kind of like worried society pressures and you kind of get that angst and anger and it's like a good yeah. it's a good thing and being a drummer metal is very rhythm heavy yeah. very um that kind of thing so big fan of people like bring me the horizon avenge sevenfold uh bullet for my valentine parkway drive all these types of people um and 
I sort of, once I finished school, I kind of didn't have an outlet for that. Like you don't have any mates or you don't, I didn't have any people that we could just jam and that were into the same stuff. And like, Mm. for me at the time, I wasn't really big on putting myself out there and saying, Hey, I want to be in a band, like come and just read random people. Like I, I found that quite hard. Um, so I, I generally just moved into, okay, what can I do on my own? Yeah. And that's where I moved into electronic music production yep. and um, then writing the parts and sort of going from there and, you know, growing up, getting into clubbing, da 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 da, da. So what, what did you do in this period? You were talking about where you didn't know anyone when you finished school to 23 when you started producing. That's five years' time. That's quite a bit of time in there. Yeah. What, what were you doing then? Because um, I know you studied. Like yeah, you, so I was playing. I was gigging dr- with drums um, okay. for the first few years after school. So, so you were still drumming. In still bands drumming and in stuff, bands. Yeah. yeah. So mostly like uh, like corporate functions. Um, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like necessarily like the wasn't, stuff you wanted to play. It was you exactly, were just exactly. doing it because money. There's money, it was yeah, money it was and money I could thing. get paid as a session drummer. So yeah. it was um, it was good. And um, I was playing all over, you know, different Christmas parties and dinner music and da 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 da, da in the background and yeah, just take yeah. my money and get out. So that was that was cool. But then I just started going out, going to festivals, going like, hang on, like this is really cool. And yeah. then there's lots um, of drums in this stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, I can get my hi hats going. Mm. You know. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what led me into dance music. And a friend of mine showed me a uh, like a demo version, I think, of Ableton at the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sick. You know, you can start putting some stuff together. And I'd played around a bit in Pro Tools before. Um, so it's kind of the natural progression to to move into that. Yeah. So it was good, man. I I like just discovering myself at that that yeah. age and you know partying. That's cool, man. Like I it. could imagine then like you eventually maybe working on like a live show where you incorporate drumming into DJing. You know, like with a drum pad type thing that you know to well, trigger samples and all that. Because obviously you've got the technique and stuff to be able to play stuff in time. Yeah, That'd I be think. Huge, um, man. Yeah, you're right. I think uh, that's always something that I've wanted to do. Um, yeah. Kind a lot of the, the Master Culture vibes, like yeah. where you're drumming up there. Um, it is. And like, you know, you see a lot of people that, that use the sample pads and the drumsticks and stuff and it looks sick. I think part of the reason was one, um, just being worried about about screwing up, having that that nervousness and um isn't that part of it though but it is part of it 100 bro i mean you used to i suppose maybe because you maybe haven't done a lot of drumming until you've gotten back into the band i'm not sure like did you have a break then yeah had a big break yeah um i also snapped my foot in half so that like got rid of like my my left so it's never cool (laughs) it's never good (laughs) so yeah i um had to retrain i still am retraining my left side so yeah um like that that was a big kind of dampener how'd you do that to you how'd you what'd you do i fell awkwardly and sort of like you know sat back on my but what were you doing though playing futsal ah nothing stupid i was playing futsal (laughs) yeah that's a good cover story i like that one well well, you went drunk at a festival and (laughs) yeah we'll stick with the futsal story yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so like getting into um getting into retraining that and sort of playing again was hard to to come back from um but yeah, certainly did did take a bit of a break, and yeah. mainly because of the outlet thing. Like I didn't yeah. have a place to play, didn't have that group of mates to to go and do it with, or 
Yeah, that kind of thing. So how did you get this band formed then? Who were the band members and how did it come together? All right, so I, like, I don't want to spill too much of it because it's still early days, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but we play metal, uh, metal music, new metal. Um, it's sort of a uh, – it's pretty different, but it's bringing back the 90s vibe. Yeah. Like very much so. And um, yeah, and like a bit of rap, bit of sort of like hip hop vibes, a bit of like funky vibes, but yeah. but still core like of it is metal and like and and rhythm and guitars and stuff. So yeah. um we've been working on our first sort of album EP type thing, got sort of seven or eight tracks in the works. And um one of the guys that I worked with on a recent record, Welcome to My Jungle, oh, the rapper yeah, yeah. Bulldog. Yep. Um, so he, a uh, good friend of mine, and we we're in the studio and just hanging out. He had started a band with his mate or mates at the time, and they were looking for, I think, originally a bass player. Yeah. Um, which I was like, I'll jump in and play bass. Da 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 da. Like, like Have you me, ever played I'm bass or you... I've got a bass. And <laughs> I've got that. I've got a bass. You can play bass. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a guitar. At can home, you play but bass? I'm I've got one. So yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Johnny's got a clarinet at his yeah. place. <laughs> We don't know where it came from. He's got but, yeah, but his he house must has be a clarinet. At it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I have a bass and <laughs> I have played bass, but I'm not a bass player. So yeah. it's one of these things that you have a guitar and you just you know yeah, you have yeah, you muck around, muck around. Yeah. So he's seen it and he's like, oh, we need a bass player. Da, 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 da. And um, I was like, yeah, cool. Ended up the fact that I can't play bass and I can play drums a lot better. Yeah. And um, they needed a drummer at the time, so so they needed a drummer and a bass player. Well, you just took the drummers. You, did you kick someone out of the band? Is that what happened? <laughs> you came in and were better than them? No. <laughs> Is that what happened? No, but there was band politics and now I'm the, oh, drum- no. now I'm the drummer. <laughs> it's even worse. It wasn't even a skill thing. No, it wasn't. I just liked you more. I don't know. I think so. But anyway, I'm the drummer. And, <laughs> I'm um, the drummer. I'm the drummer now and now we have a new bass player. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, it's coming together really well. It's actually been a lot of fun mixing live music and learning that side of things like Johnny you know obviously gets involved with it um and there's a few people I know that worked in live sound but just the difference of tracking real instruments and tracking like sounds from scratch is way different to to just pulling samples and like synths and stuff and the way you mix it and the way you have to blend the sounds is really different um so I think that's actually really helped my mixing with other yeah. stuff because then I'll cool, come yeah. back and write something else and then be like, whoa, you know, like what I if can... I do this and yeah. this it's kind of like how they talk about learning other genres and stuff to 100%. take techniques from that. It's the same thing with yes. live then. Yes, yeah. exactly. Cool. And like, you know, taking different elements like um, I don't know how much, you know, you listen to metal and stuff, but the new like Bring Me The Horizon stuff's very like EDM heavy. Like they've okay, got yeah. a lot of um, electronic like stuff in there and and a lot of it's going into like hybrid drumming where you bring out the sample pads and 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 everything as well as the acoustic kit yeah and you know i mean people have been using trigger samples for ages so you Mm. you know you do your kick drum and it sends a little signal to the computer to trigger a nice we've got a vst that does that yeah yeah you can replace like drums if someone's done like drums you can just replace any of the samples basically exactly right yeah so cool it's really cool but it's also like you know it used to be real authentic. Like you just have live instruments and just record them as they sounded and then try and sort of beef them up a bit in the yeah. box. But like now... You can totally replace it. Yeah, like, and yeah. most of them are. Most of, most of the songs that you hear on the radio are replaced or like it's like better samples. Like why would you... 
someone sat there and recorded and gone to all the effort with amazing microphones, the best placement. That's it, yeah. Mixed it, like you know, or like processed it so it's this yeah. amazing sample. You know, you're not going to – you're never going to do as well as There's that. There's no point, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, you just got to sort of move with it. And um, that's that, that's another thing with the, the album sort of concept is just moving with the times, like getting – like out of like the old habits and the old yep. ways of doing things because stuff's moving so fast. Mm. Um, you see sort of like old engineer, like this, it's like vinyl, people, vinyl DJing is the only way to DJ. Mm. Da, 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 da. It's like, okay, like I understand. Maybe 30 years ago. 30 years ago, it's it's <laughs> yeah. a lot bloody harder, guaranteed. <laughs> it's you way know? harder. You know, well done. You're a much better mixer than I probably am at vinyl, but we don't use vinyl anymore. Yeah. Like, some people do and that's cool and that's awesome. That's their yeah. vibe. But wherever you go, the general standard is not vinyl. Yeah. So you kind of, you learn and you adapt and yeah. you change. Um, and same with these plugins. And we were talking about like Isotope and RX-8, like this new one where you can just isolate different parts of the mm. tracks and just take stuff out. It's, it's insane. Like, yeah. you know, and people would spend hours mixing this stuff a few years ago and you just drop a plug in on it and the AI just goes da 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 and figures it done. out. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's mental. Big movements. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. Well, that's cool that you've sort of got back into, I suppose it's something that was your original um, sort of passion in music to start with, you know? Yeah, it's always been a passion and I can't help myself but just go for things that I love and yeah. just keep, keep following stuff. So um, – it's super nice to be back playing live music and yeah. and jamming with like people. Um, it's the same that you would get in a back-to-back set in the way that you yeah. have a sort of connection with somebody yeah. and you bounce off their their vibe, their flavor and, and work with them to build something. Yeah. And um, it's diff- slightly different, but, you know, same kind of concept. I think I need to get back into uh, playing trumpet because, you know, I grew up playing trumpet, so yeah. I should probably get back into Bro, that. we need some guest appearances. I just need some more time, though. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba. I don't need yeah. so much more practice. Like, I was really, I was pretty good when I when I yeah. stopped, but that was, like, over 10 years ago and I haven't yeah. played since, so. That's another thing that um, I've noticed is, like, because everything is electronic and you can get some amazing sounds and samples. Yeah. People aren't learning instruments anymore. Yeah. Um, you drop a the MIDI pack and you drop that on and it's like you don't even need to be able to play the piano or like. Nah. It'd be handy uh, though if I could. <laughs> you that's know. a good point though. Yeah. That's a good point. It'd be very handy. If you know your music theory, you can take stuff to the next level. If you mm. know your way how to play an instrument or <laughs> – articulation about how something's meant to be played mm. like it's all good hitting notes but it's like how do you want it articulated how do you want it phrased how do you want yeah. the there's a lot more to it yeah, yeah. the message and, the and you whole learn point. a lot more of that in the in live music because you actually have to do it live exactly it's not like you can sit there and change the velocity later on and change the the swing and change where the notes hit. You've That's got it. to be able to learn to do it live in the moment. Yeah. And sometimes, like you said, feed off someone else to go, oh, they're playing like this now. I've got to play like this. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's that human feel, human yeah. connection. And yeah. um, I think jazz really taught me that. Love jazz. Like, Trumpet. I mean, I, you know, like. Exactly, jazz, yeah. big band. Like. Yeah. That's so much fun. And, and having that, like, expression, you know, they say music's a language. Like, it's. Yeah. You listen to a jazz band player, a jazz quartet or something, and then you see someone solo, like, over these j- oh, jazz stuff. Solos are so great, yeah. And if they know it, like, 
I'm going to say if they know what they're doing, but yeah. generally they don't know what they're doing. It's just kind yeah, of free yeah. flowing and you just yeah. kind of just let it come yeah. out. And that like produces moments of magic, stuff that's yeah. slightly on the beat, slightly off the beat, a little yeah. bit funk, you know, different, whatever. And that is what makes kind of, that's what's missing in a lot of, including a lot of my music, stuff yeah. that I'm learning to bring back into my stuff. Yeah. Is that real human feel, that real just raw vibe almost. Yeah. Um, less polished. Because everything sounds so polished now. Yeah. <laughs> Too that's polished. It. I think that's why a lot of people are enjoying making lo-fi. And, and I've heard yeah. so many people in COVID and in recent times, it's just like lo-fi is so fun to make um, because you don't have to sit there and make it sound perfect and awesome. Yes. You can just like put a track together in a day yeah. or half a day and you're like, it's done. Because you know it's what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah it it's lo-fi. It doesn't yeah. have to. You don't have to make the bass like oh fucking you know hidden real heavy or anything. Yeah, that's really that's really true. It's kind of given everybody that reflective thing. Yeah. Well, this whole this whole time period has been super reflective um, exactly. for everybody. And I think a lot of them have been saying that their lo-fi stuff's been doing way better than their other stuff because <laughs> because like at the moment no one's well. I mean, now things are coming back. Especially, we can dance now. It's, it's past four o'clock on Tuesday <laughs> uh, for everyone who's here. We, so we can dance uh, outside and and that. Um, but yeah, so I think you know a lot of people have been just listening to more music rather than actually, you know, looking for stuff they can listen to in clubs. Or you don't want to get too hyped up at home because you can't do anything. <laughs> you know, in like, the kitchen, like far yeah, out. I mean, you can like, at home, you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's just I, I think a lot of people have embrace that kind of music a lot more yeah it's because it's because like well okay i'm not gonna say this is what it is but uncle art supplies here reckons <laughs> you heard it first <laughs> yeah no i reckon like because of the fact that now <laughs> it's gonna sound like an old person but you're not going yeah. out and just getting fucked up and just like yeah, yeah. you know forgetting yeah. everything like it's your music means a bit more you're like yeah. it's soundtrack to your life now it's a bit more like okay what am i feeling today what are, what's gonna help my emotions what's gonna what's the soundtrack to my day today not just let's just pump some bangers and get into it and get yeah. on it you know it's more like longevity music that means something yeah taking back coming back to music like that's why the cranberry juice guy that song like I can't what remember. song are you talking about? What's the Cranberry Juice Dream, guy song? The Fleetwood Mac song. Oh, okay. And um, Dreams. And yeah, yeah. Like, okay, apart from the fact that that was a meme, but like, and and that TikTok dude, but like songs that like me, it's, it's a soundtrack to your life kind of thing. It wasn't yeah. just like a bad bidu. It's not like the same the same thing. It's a it's a, a feeling thing, a yeah. road trip. Whatever. I don't know. And it's interesting because, like, I found a lot of people when we sort of were coming out of that real lockdown in Queensland, which, you know, we've been super lucky here, really. Um, I think a lot of people, when we could start going out, they, they were all saying, I didn't really miss the clubbing. I missed hanging out with mates and people like that. So when a lot of people were going out, it, what, it, the people I spoke to, they were kind of like it didn't really matter that they couldn't dance for a bit because they were sort of like that's not really what I missed the most. Yeah. I think now it is what people are missing because they're like, well, we get to go out and do things here. We've been able to do that for a little while. And you miss it once it's taken away. Yeah, and so now everyone's like, oh, now I want to dance, you know. Yeah. And, and we can now, so. We can. Well, Hallelujah. outside. 
some clubs are going to like kill it. Some clubs are going to be like, oh, yeah, man, I'll hold can't. my judgment on all of those types of things. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So you're right, and um, finding the enjoyment in in going out and stuff is is the social aspect. Yes, yeah. it's, it's the the connection over either social or the music or whatever whatever it is mm. for different people. But something that I found when I was playing shows regularly is that you don't have that enjoyment because either I was on my own or I didn't know people. Like, yes, that hour and a half on stage is sick, but like outside of that, like what are you doing it for? What's what's your reasons? Why yeah. why are you doing it? And and I think we spoke a bit about we this did in speak, the first yeah. one. You said that it sort of it almost was like it lost a bit of it killed it meaning for, me for you. Yeah, because yeah, it, it was it. like you were just doing it because that's kind of what you did. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And and um, as much like, don't get me wrong. Like I really enjoyed, grateful for everything that I had. Yeah. Um, but like it woke me up really quickly to be like, yo, like why did you start this? You know, like what's why did you come into this? what's your reason for liking music and wanting to pursue music? And it's like, we'll do that. And that's kind of led me into this journey over the last year of, of starting to, you know, just be involved with the things that I like being involved with. Yeah. Helping others, you know, live music, sort of producing different records, creativity yeah. going a bit crazy. Like, that's yeah. just me. <laughs> I mean, you were doing hip hop and stuff. Yeah, like, I'm, still, I'm still, still writing hip hop. I actually stuff. rapped this morning. Like, that's, yes, how, that's, how, that's that. how bad things I are getting that. in coronavirus for me. I'm rapping now. So, yeah. my what's, rap album what's drops your, what's next your, week. What's your rap name? Um, I don't know. You have to come. Janitor Supplies. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Throw back to the old studio building. <laughs> frequencies. Little paintbrush or something. Little paintbrush. Little painty. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's sort of something a lot of people in the industry have had to come to terms with during COVID. It's like, well, I'm not playing shows. Why did I get into this? Was it just to play shows or was it more about... Or to look cool playing shows? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's been interesting to see some people really thrive in this time and some people sort of just disappear. And maybe they are doing things in silence and, and which hustling which too, i yeah. hope they are yeah but it's been quite interesting to see some people sort of just disappear a bit they sit and from, wait a bit yeah They're sort of like going oh i'll just wait until things go back to yeah. normal or whatever yeah um and then pick it up from there but i don't know if things are going to go back to normal <coughs> it's going to be different i don't think so yeah no. i don't think so and that's the point uh, i think that's the point you're trying to make is that if you are sitting there and just kind of going Oh, now what? Like what I thought and what I was chasing and da 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 has now fallen away and there's either no opportunities or things are different now, it's harder, whatever. Yeah. Like reassess, like you said, why are we doing it? What's What do you want out of it? What do you actually really want to do? And um, that'll help sort of direct, I reckon. Yeah. I really sort of realised that a lot of people probably, um, you know, didn't, when it all happened, they, they didn't really have a purpose anymore. You know, like people's purpose maybe if they were just a DJ was to go out and play gigs and that was their identity and who they were. Yes. And then all of a sudden they don't have that and it's like, well, what's my purpose? And so I sort of tried to drill into a few people like figure out your thing. Like yeah. now's the time. You've got time. Try new things. Paint a painting. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like, you know, try new things and figure out something that you 
have a purpose because if you don't have a purpose, that's when you just start gaming and drinking and doing drugs and yeah, all that kind of stuff. 100%. But if you've got something, that a goal and a purpose and this is what I'm aiming for, I think it's a lot easier to be motivated and things like And that's what I found anyway. Yeah, well, you're a great yeah. example of it. Well, and because that's, yeah, this yeah. time I, I doubled down. I started doing more yeah. shows. I started yeah. putting, you know, things on because I was like, I need a purpose and, you know, whether that's just doing the podcast or maybe, you know, inspiring other people to do things or whatever it is. Yeah. That's why I doubled down because yeah. I needed a purpose. It was, you know, people would say, oh, you've done all this for everyone. It's like, well, yeah, but it was kind of also a little bit selfish in terms of I needed a purpose as it well. Is. It wasn't it's just about all you guys, you know, <laughs> like it was yeah. about me too that I needed a purpose. And I think a lot of that was the giving back and helping other people, you know. Like you said, you enjoy helping other people. Yeah, I find I'm that really same. rewarding. Yeah, no, you're right. You're a, you're a hugely good example of that and anybody that's seen what you've been doing can attest to that. It's more just like I see you in the same way that I'm looking at things in terms of just following what we enjoy doing yeah. and following that like that drive, finding the the passion that you've got yeah. and running with it, wherever it may take you, yeah, without the judgment of failure, without the judgment of, oh, this person's going to think this. And, you yeah. know, like, I knew that you were going to ask me about the album, but I don't give a shit that it's yeah, like... Yeah, I know. Like, I was like, going to give you shit just, about it. Like, like, I don't give you shit, but yeah. like, I want to I know yeah, like, and it's what's like, going but, on with it because I've heard a lot of it and it's great. So I want to oh, I see it finished. You yeah, know, like, and, and but that's partly like... Partly my fault of going, oh, I'm writing an album, da 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 yeah, but it's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but yeah. if you, but that comes down to the pressure thing as well. Like if I'm saying, oh, I'm going to do an album and then people are like, where's your album? I go, ooh, and just yeah, get all yeah. self-conscious. It's yeah. like, well, you know, you did that. Like, so if I'm. It's coming from a place of love though. You know that. Like, <laughs> I just want to see the album always. come out. Yeah, yeah. no, that, but that's right. Like, but I, I don't, I don't worry anymore. And I'm, obviously you don't. Yeah. And it's like. It shows when you just go go hard with your passion and not yeah. care. It kind of you lose that fear of, of what's going on. Man, and I'd be a nervous wreck if I was worried. I mean, I put one of these out a week. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like I'd be like, Fuck, how does my hair on? look? And to be honest, like I do still worry sometimes. You know, like but that's because you, you care. Yeah, yeah. But it's like anyone. Like I kind of want to tell everyone out there that, like, you know, me and you, we're just like everyone else. We do have those moments where we're like, is this good? Am I doing the right thing? All the time. Are people gonna enjoy this like people think that that you know me doing yeah. this podcast and that that it's just like every moment of the day i'm like no nah, like you know like yeah. i got this like i i generally do but i do have times where i'm like oh is this a good idea like should i say that or should i do this or yeah was that a good podcast or you know like things like that so just know that we do have those worries too so hit the like and subscribe button <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just joking. Do whatever you want. Um, but yeah, so I think, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's important to, um, for people to know that because people, I think people see people who are so confident and out there and they think, oh, they're, that's just who they are. Mm. It's like, no, And then they go, I'm really. not like that. So exactly. I'm never going to get da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah, for but sure. But like you said, you were never someone to go out and say to people, oh, let's start a band or whatever. Whereas now I'm sure you probably are not like that at all. Like yeah, you would go out and do that. I would. And like, I'm not scared about talking to people anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I still get nervous and I yeah. still get nervous. You still think about stuff. Like you still, I'll get anxious without like consciously feeling anxious. My body yeah. will be anxious. Like I'll be shaking or like I'll be a bit kind of sweaty or whatever. And it's like, 
but then you know it's that reassuring self-talk and like you know yeah you can like you can do it and then you surprise done yourself this before. you know how to do it like but yeah and then it's baby steps you yeah. improve and and whatever so yeah i think that's important for people to know um but Sorry. we've got some questions that uh someone has sent in um exciting so we're gonna we're gonna hit some of those i think now right. music production related yes. let me just check the questions i'll get them up on the computer yeah beautiful well um we'll hit them up and uh Let's try and bring some production knowledge to the to the masses. Yeah. So, first question was, and this is like a huge one that every producer has: how to get over like creative or writer's blocks. I've got my opinion on this, but I want you to to tell everyone your maybe opinion <laughs> yes. and and thoughts and advice first. All right. So, I uh, once said that there's no such thing as writer's block. Yeah. Right. Now. I'm going to half retract that statement. Half retract. I love it. Already. Half retract. Half retract. <laughs> so, yes, there is a writer's block, but it's about teaching yourself to recognize when that is and to break it quickly. It's breaking a pattern and it's like, it's like any other pattern. Yeah. So, if you can understand when you're getting into a stage of frustration with something and why, then it's easy to break it. Like easy. And I, I don't get creative block ever unless it's with the album and I've forced myself to do everything myself. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like But now you've recognized that. Exactly. And so yeah. you just kinda of know how to break it and you work. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's why I'm retracting half of it. So if you're like, you know, you get you're working on something or actually no, because a lot of people go, I don't know what to work on, I don't know what to write, da 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 da, da and they just go from there. Like to me that's Maybe, you know, this is my opinion, but to me that feels a little lazy. Like it feels yeah. like you haven't really made an effort to go and inspire yourself. Like for me, I love music that much that I can get off playing any kind of genre or getting involved with something or yeah. finding some passion off someone else that shares the same thing. Yeah. Whether they're talking about, you know, dubstep, which is not my favorite genre in the world, but like I have a lot of respect for a lot of people that make it and I can chat to somebody about dubstep or in that scene for ages because it's a shared passion. Yeah. So if you're like sitting there going, oh, I don't know what to write, I feel stuck, like nothing's working, usually that's a frustration from um, staying on the same thing or in the same place for too long. Yep. And change is always good. Yeah. So whether it be changing genres, changing new sample pack, working with a new producer, going outside, collecting samples from outside, working in a new studio space, mm. like I can go on forever. Watching tutorials, yeah. like yeah. there's so like, many things you actually can do within music. music. Music's so broad. Yes, and I think that's like people it's part say. Of the problem I've, though, yeah, isn't but, it? That's right. Where do, what, what do I do? Like, where do I start? Yeah, it also like, you know, you feel limited because you go, like especially if you sort of started with something, you might go, I'm a house DJ or I'm a, you know, whatever, I make this and people know me for this. And like I've, like I'm going to say famously, but it's not really, but I just put out whatever, like different genres, weird sounding tracks, like just because that's me. But if it's like, you know, if you're if you're thinking, oh, I've got to write a house tune, and you're only th- that's you're limiting yourself. You're putting a cap on on it. Yeah. So then you might say, okay, well, I'm going to try and make a tune out of 
this particular sample only and just reflip a whole bunch of these samples. You might come up with something that sounds half cool, then you can replace some of those things and work on it and move from there. Yeah. Um, like working with you, you know, I'll come in and you might show me a new piece of gear or a new EQ or something and I'll go nuts trying to, you know, like figure it out or try yeah. and do something else with that. So creative block is because you're not feeling creative. It's a block. You've just got to work a way around it. You've got to figure out how to inspire yourself. And I suppose everyone's different. So you've yeah, got to so figure it out yeah. for yourself. So it's like people always, you know, like it's like, oh, how do I get over this creative block? And it's like, or writer's block. It's like, well, you kind of got to figure that out yourself. But yeah. you can't just sit there and not, and just say, oh, I've got writer's block. I'm not going to do anything till I feel inspired because I feel like that's not, it's it's you're just waiting for it to come along and I don't feel like that's the right way to go about it. If it's something you really want to do, you've got to try things. And, and like you said about house, you know, like I have that where I'm like, oh, I'm going to write a house track, but it's like. It'll be all over the couch in a second. Watch me. <laughs> no, it's all G. All right, we're good. Um, but it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, but like let's try and make like an African inspired with like, you know, like draw, you know, like with let's find some cool African samples or I had. I think for me personally, the best track I've written um, is Shaolin Style, which I just had this I do like that one. Kung Fu <laughs> sample pack it's diff- for it's ages. Just, yeah, and different. I was like, I want to write a track to that. And that's how the track started. And it just went from there. And I like that's my favorite track that I've written. Mm. So um, I think I'm still of the same opinion as what you're, you were saying is that I don't think it exists because – it's kind, of, but you've kind of elaborated on it for me now because because <laughs> yeah. I've always said it doesn't exist. It just means that you're being you're too uh, lazy or not motivated enough to sit down and keep coming up with ideas till something works. Yeah. But I think I like yours a little bit better. It's about finding how to it's recognizing sit down when you've hit that point. what it is and and figure out how to get around it. Um, because yeah, like I said, like I can come up with ideas forever. They might be shit, mm. but I can keep coming up with ideas. Until I get a good one. But it's the self-awareness to know that your idea might be shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. And like I've but that's okay. But going exactly, going back into a collaboration setting with a lot of other people and especially in the band, you've got to learn that sometimes you think your idea is the best, but it's not the best. Yeah. Or like I'm not saying I always thought my ideas were the best, but you've got to be able to let go of stuff. And the same with the album. Oh, yeah. You've got to let go and be like, yo, that's just, that's how it is. Move on, next thing. And maybe that will lead into our second question. But the, if you're not, you know, if you're not happy with how things are, just change it, stop, come back to it or like move around. It's not a, it's not, don't get yourself stuck in the same thing and thinking my idea is the best and there's no other way around it and it's not going to work unless it's this way. Yeah. This is being stubborn and you probably ruin the record. Yeah. Which I've done. It's the same with like great examples like kick drums. Like I used to sit there for ages and try and get my kick <laughs> yeah. and make it perfect and like EQing a synthesize snare. it and, and EQ it and all that. And like nowadays I'm just like, no, I'll just get another kick. <laughs> like you know, like get it doesn't what, work. Just change get, it. Yeah. Mm. If it's, if you, if it's not sounding how you want and you've played with it for a while, just get another kick. There's millions of kicks out there. Yeah. And, you know, and so, and then sometimes you just drop a new kick in and it's just like you don't even have to do anything to it almost. Yeah. It's just like it just it's works. Ready. It's ready for the track. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I shouldn't have spent 
three hours trying to fix this kick. Like I should have just put it Maybe that's the in. fear of it, isn't it? That you're like, oh, I just spent six hours EQing this kick and now I'm not even going to use it. Like, <laughs> yeah. for God's sake. Like, yeah, <laughs> it I, I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Like I like what you said there about being willing to throw things away um, because I think that's, we get so attached to our music and, and what we're yeah. doing to be able to throw things away and, and maybe go, like, even when you work on a track and you're like working on it, you're like, I like this one element in it. I don't really like the rest. Hmm. Let's just get rid of everything else and just start with that element. Pretend I'm doing a remix. Yeah. And remix just using that one element. Yeah. I think I um, love that. I love that technique. That's such a good strategy. It is, isn't it? Or like rewriting something like under a vocal and then taking yeah. the vocal out and like, remix your own tune. Yeah. It's still an original, but yeah. it feels like you're remixing something. Yeah, and so you, I do VIPs. You, yeah, you know, yeah, just it's, like you feel like fun. you're getting inspiration off someone else, but you're not. It's your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good tip. Use that one. There we exactly. go. We just came up with a good tip. Uh, all right. Second question then is when to get out of a loop and work on the rest of a track. Okay. So this one's tough. It is. Yeah. Um, again, it's a self-awareness game. Yeah. Like if you, okay. So there's two parts to it. One, I found that you can, you can persist on something long enough to find an answer, yep. but that's only if you have a deadline. Yeah. Because there's no other reason I would want to push through that frustration. Yeah. Like, again, why are we doing it? We enjoy it, right? So if the loop isn't working, what are you holding on to? What are you, are you holding on to? Like, this has to work. I'm only yeah. making this genre. This yeah. is like, if it's not, if you're on a loop and you're stuck, it's the same thing. You're stuck. Change it up. Get out of it. The second part of the question, work on the rest of the track. That's, that's, you know, one way of doing it. You go to another thing in the track, but often it can just mean have a week rest on that track yeah. and come back and you hear it totally differently. Yeah. And you're, you know, it's like, ah, oh, this is where I can go. And, yeah. and it's, I think a lot of the, a lot of the best ideas come in the first 15 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Wow. That's a big gap, but you know, yeah, like yeah. the but first initial, first, the first initial, initial idea. And, and if you can, you know, stop being so technical and just sort of lay the idea and flesh the idea out, but then not get attached to the idea. That's that'll help you to move on from a loop and not get stuck in a loop. Yeah. It also helps to not put it in a loop in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> like unless I'm doing a drum groove, I don't ever have anything in a loop. Yeah. Because that'll happen. I'll be looping over. I'm like I'm going around in circles. Um, so. If you find yourself in a loop, as soon as you've found it, you know that you need to change. That's yeah. my that's my advice. Yeah. Because what I would do instead of a loop is I would just, if you've got like a you know, 32 bar loop, I'll duplicate it a few times and change some of the stuff. Maybe it's just I change, I might, I might then duplicate one of the instruments and change the synth. And then just changing that synth gives me a whole different vibe. It might be playing the same thing, but it's a different synth and it gives me a whole different idea and vibe of what to do next. And it's like, oh, that gives me an idea that if that leads doing that, then maybe the bass line could actually do this and it'll play yeah. off that and like it sort of changes it. Or go to a totally different part of the track. Go to a, a loop is generally your drop section. Yeah. Go to your build up or go to a breakdown yeah. and try and write that and, and, you know, and then see how that might, and that might give you ideas to finish off the loop or, That's to, true. or to keep writing the rest of the track. I, I'm a big believer in like good music rights itself. Yeah. Um, but that's only when you get to a certain level of 
proficiency, I suppose is the word. Yeah. You yeah. have to be competent to be able to write music to be able to do that. Yeah. That's a whole nother kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you have to get to that stage where you can actually do that. You know? Yeah. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're at that stage. So it's good yeah, for us. It's but nice. Other people maybe aren't aren't always at that stage, but um Yeah, I like a lot of it is the technical frustration. You've got the ideas in your head. You just can't work out how can't to spit it, it out on paper quick enough. Um, Sing it into Ableton and then use oh the, man, MIDI, yes. the MIDI thing. Sing it. Yes. Just hum Sing it. it in. Sing, like hum it in, play it in, whatever, get the ideas down. Um, yeah, a loop. A loop is a tricky one because uh, I don't use, I don't get stuck in my loops mm. too much. And That's see, I'm more of an arrange, like one of my great strengths, I believe, in music production is arrangement. Arrangement, yeah. So for me, I like when I get into that loop thing, I go, oh, it's time to arrange. Like if I get stuck in the room, I'm like, let's let's start arranging. So, yeah. And then that's where I get I get out of that and I get, that's why I said I go to the build up or I go to the breakdown yeah. and I start figuring well, that what out. Was, oh, it was uh Kashmir for the cataracts and famously dropped that like MIDI in to the wrong layer and he moved instead of putting it into like a I don't know whatever he dropped it into this bass yeah. layer and then it made G6's bass line and he was like well that was a mistake and but it totally changed the whole track yeah. changed the whole way things went so you know like don't be afraid to like you said before just sort of change the melodies up change the sounds up that happened in Shaolin style there's a part where uh, in the in the first half of the track um, the lead is on the beat. And then as it gets further on, I moved it to duplicate it and I moved it to a section and it was half a beat off and it totally changes it the sick. vibe of it and yeah. it sounds amazing. Like, That's awesome. <laughs> and so that totally, I was like, I went to fix it and I went, no, that actually sounds really cool. Yeah. I'm totally going to use that in, you know, That's as cool, part yeah. of it. So, I, you know, those happy accidents. But it's like we said, like, don't get stuck in the loop. If you find yourself stuck in the loop, move that's, on. That's the moment. Start you're arranging. Stuck. Yeah. Start doing other things. Like, like I said, duplicate it out. So you've got a couple of versions. You know, you've got thirty-two times four. Yeah. Do the Save math. it as a new project. Do the math. What's that? One hundred twenty-eight mm. bars. Quick math. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, and then you've got a few sections, and you can change each one, and you've still got that one original loop, but then you've got variations on the loop. And variations are yeah. important. Especially yeah. in tech house, eh? <laughs> yeah. <definitely. laughs> All right. How to finish off a project. Now, this is a great one uh, for to have you in to talk about because I know that you've put out a, a little checklist yes. for finishing off a track before. So tell It'd be us great about, if I could remember my checklist. I know. Now. I was just going to say you're going to have it written <laughs> yeah, down or something. But, no. but give us some, yeah. some, you know, we can post a link with this and, and maybe, yeah. you know, uh, to the checklist. But what's some things that just come to mind that, you know, when you're getting ready to finish up a track. And I suppose maybe we talk about the writing aspect first because yeah, obviously mixing down is a whole other process and that sort of comes after you've written the track yes. um, for the final mix down anyway. but Yeah, so you sort of break it up into phases. You might have like the creative phase, which is yeah. still where you're kind of tweaking ideas. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people will get stuck in that and especially because, you know, you listen to it that many times on repeat that you get bored. By the time you're ready to release a song, you're probably already sick of it. Mm. So Definitely. Yeah, in the creative phase, it's about, you know, sit on a track for a little while, let it sit, let it breathe. And then if, you, if you're at a point where you think, I actually can't add anything on or don't want to add anything, I'm pretty happy with how that sounds. Yeah. It just needs to mesh well together. Yeah. So that's the thing. A lot of people will think, 
with two different hats on at the same time. They'll think with a creative and a mixing hat yeah. and get Which confused. Get really confused. Yeah. So you go creative first and you make sure all the elements are in there that you actually want. Yeah. Then commit to that and bounce it down to audio or whatever, make it nice and easy for you. Yep. Then bring it into the mixing stage. Yeah. Now, like, like I said with creativity, it's only if you're, and b- both, you know, feedback from other people, but yep. sharing, you've shared enough of your, of your ideas and it seems to fit well. You're happy. Yep. Like that's, you, you stop and go, okay, like that's enough. Yep. Stop ruining the track. Um, then you can take it to the mix down, um, making all sure all the sounds fit together well. Now that's obviously the time to reference against other things. Um, definitely be sending it to people who you trust because like I fell into the trap early of having a lot of people in my life that would just tell me that I'm amazing and things are sick. And it's like, dude, this is sick, da 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 And then, you know, your ego goes, oh, I'm actually really good at this. And then you think everything is gold. And... Um, having somebody that someone's ears you trust and can give you and say, Hey, nah, dude, this sounds like yeah. average, like, or you you should work you on this. It. Yeah. Like, and then again, like we were saying, being the big enough person to accept that and let go of that attachment. But you've got to be able to send tracks to people and appreciate when that comes back. Cause a lot of people send tracks to people because they just want that. Yes. They want the, Oh, that's oh, sick. Oh, that's bro. sick. Yeah. Because then when someone goes, Oh, I didn't really like this bit. They go, oh, well, this yeah. and this and this. It's because oh, well, it's not mixed They yet. come up with excuses and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I've done, like, well, I'm sure we've yeah. all done that before. Yeah, I've like, done oh, it, it's yeah. not mixed yet. Or you, you preface it when you send it to them, like, oh, it's not mixed down yet. Like, that's why I said it, because that's yeah. my token go-to thing. It's not mixed. <laughs> but, like, usually, unless you send it to some, like, usually if you're sending it to someone, uh, unless they're in a proper studio where they can actually listen technically, it's like, of course it's not mixed. Like, yeah. Otherwise, like, if you don't have a good studio, I'm not going to send it to you to yeah. give me mixed feedback. Yeah. Like. Yeah, so a lot of the time mixed feedback is from people that work regularly with mix-ready yeah. stuff, whether yeah. it be label bosses, artists that are doing their own mixing better yeah. than me, all this kind of stuff, people like yourself that run studios. So it's like getting that feedback critical and then referencing um, to other tracks something that I used to just be a bit lazy with um, and also not referencing to the right kind of material as well. I'm interested to talk and dive into that a little bit because I've I've heard a few big artists and I've been on a few sort of group discussions about referencing because a lot of – when Chris Royal was doing a few little like group discussions with the heap of producers yeah, in cool. there and just putting it live – and we spoke about referencing and, and he said, do you think that Flume references tracks? Do you think that the guys who are at the forefront of music, the most creative guys who are doing, you know, pushing the boundaries and stuff, do you think they actually do reference tracks? Right. Maybe for technical loudness to match right. volumes and things like that. But when it comes to actually trying to, if that's what you're trying to do, if you're just trying to make something that sounds like a commercial really different banger, but if you're yeah. trying to actually do something different and unique, referencing tracks maybe isn't the best idea. What okay. do you think about yeah. that? No, that good. Idea? I love because, this. Because I hadn't thought about that either until I <laughs> until they said that. Yeah. Like Chris said that. He said, he said 
I've spoken to so many big artists and they do not reference tracks. Because, yeah. And then, you know, you say that to people, other people and they laugh at you. They're like, oh, you're an idiot. Like, of course yeah. you reference tracks. And it's like, well, yeah, referencing is great when you're learning and for maybe technical stuff like volume yeah. and, you know, frequency response. Yeah. But when you actually look at talking about writing and if that's what you're trying to do, come up with creative individual stuff. What do you think about that concept? Because I, I see both question. sides. I yeah. love this. Um, that's a really good point. What I'll say is, why are you referencing? Exactly. You've got it. Yeah. You're referencing because you want it to sound good in comparison to other things, right? Now, a lot of people reference at the start and are told to reference because it's training your ear. Yeah. And that's when when you're learning. That's That's when when you're learning. It's definitely good then. Most mix engineers that are working in a studio that they know, they know the acoustics, they know how it sounds, they've mixed countless records in there, they don't need to reference. Yeah. Apart from the fact that nowadays we've got referencing EQ software that can tell you whether it's good or not and, like, that's beside the point. But traditionally, if you're starting out, you need to know what the professional level sounds like. Yeah. People like Flume and stuff like this. Okay, I get because it's so out there. It's different, right? He doesn't – he also doesn't like final mix his track. So it's mixed by a mixing engineer, right? Which is also that person – okay, Flume would know how to mix his own stuff pretty well, I'd say, but – I hope he would by now. Yeah. I heard that when he first started though, he was like – he would do stuff, then he would send it to yeah. mix engineers and mix engineers would go, that's wrong. Well, like, that, yeah. You've done that wrong. And he's like, well, no, that's how it is. That's like, how I want fi- it. Or, fix it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, make it right. Yeah. Like, this is what you're working with. But yeah. Well, a lot, of, a lot of artists don't know how to mix yeah. and they just send them the ideas and the, the mix engineer will fix yeah. it. And um, You learn that. Yeah. And I think the point I'm trying to make is that Referencing is really just, its it doesn't matter what you're referencing to, you've just got to have a reference to begin with. So whether your reference is built up over years of experience and knowing what a good song is supposed to yeah. sound like, especially in your space or you get used to, like people talk about acoustic padding and all this, like should I totally isolate my studio so that there's no like bad frequencies? It's like, well, yes, but it's even more important to actually know your environment better because if you're used to your environment, if you know that there's more bass, you'll just turn the bass down or you'll just mix according to that. And if you're used to it, that's better than working in something that's, you know, a bit different. And I suppose that's why you then reference tracks that you know how they sound in that space because then it trains you like, oh, that's how these tracks sound in this space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of... So it is important when when you're learning your room or yes. learning how to, how to produce. Yeah. So to, ra- to wrap that up, um, I would always reference if you are trying to sort of match something that's already out there, because yeah. if you want it to stand among that, you're going to need to do it. And if you don't already know how to do that and can't just do it, yep. then you need to reference. Yeah. Once you get to a stage where you can, your ear is good enough to just mix and it sounds good and you know what levels you need to hit, you don't need to reference anymore. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there's no right or wrong. Like you can't say, no, don't reference. You don't need to reference. But then yeah. 
some people might not need to. They're naturally just amazing and they know what I it like what like. you said before about you need to know why you're referencing. That's yeah. that really that really stuck out it's to true. me. Like, it's like if you know why you're referencing, that's you know, because maybe it is a volume thing, maybe it is a frequency thing. Oh, is my bass hitting as hard as this other bass on this track that I know how it sounds? Mm. Um, you know. Something I've learned um, is that all of my mixes have been really harsh in the top ends. And I'm starting to think all of this drumming without earplugs when I was younger has ruined the top end frequencies because no matter where I mix, these harsh ends are pushing in my mixes. And that's now something that I'm aware of referencing. And it's self-awareness. It's like knowing and getting used to your environment and the way you listen to things. Yeah. Um, you have so to come yeah. in and mix down a track in here because I don't think you've ever done a mix down no, in our studio. So I haven't. Once we have it set up, you'll have to come in and do a mix down on one of your tracks just so that you can – because maybe – I'd love to check that. I should maybe, get a real hearing test too, but that's yeah, – I want to check, check it in a nice proper environment. We, you know what we should do? We should like – we should hit up this – is, this is a brilliant idea <laughs> right now. Yes. Like, I've just come up with a great idea. We should do a day where we hit up a, a sound – audiology place and go look we're going to bring in 30 producers yeah can you do a discount price to do sound tests for everyone because they yeah honestly they take note like i get it done because i work at a school yeah and i'm around you know loud machinery and stuff sometimes so i get it paid for that's cool every second year yeah so and honestly it takes five or ten minutes it's not really that hard on them, like what they do. They literally just go through this thing and the yeah. computer does it. I really want I reckon if we did, if we had, you know, 20 to 30 producers and booked out a whole day of them and go, can we have a discount and just. I'm sure they would. Smash them out. That's a really good idea. Because, if you want to get a yeah. hearing test, let us know. <laughs> Drop a comment. And we'll, we'll, we'll organize it because I think that would be valuable because. It's not cheap. It's like a hundred. No, it's, so, it's like a hundred and seventy bucks or something. It's not cheap. That's why I haven't done it yet. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, um, so yeah. I think if we could, like, you know, do it and get it, I think a lot of people would do it. And it's just good to know because, like, I know now from those hearing tests that on my left side, because when I was young, I had some ear infections and things. Yeah. The really high frequencies are a little bit lower than the right. Yeah. There but so I know that now. So like I always know that the left side's going to be different. Um, well, there's a I can't remember who it is. Hopefully someone knows. But someone famously uh, recorded a whole record in the studio, mixed down a whole record with one of the speakers slightly blown. Yeah, and they mixed down the whole record like that. Yeah, but then when it like it's still translated across other speakers and then they went to go change it when they realized but then was like actually nah because it was done the whole way through mm. it actually is fine yeah and like little things like this but if you have the self-awareness if you know if you go and figure it out and go okay i know that these frequencies are different then you won't you'll have a better idea of referencing you'll have a better idea of how to look after your ears why you should wear earplugs all of the above you know yeah. it's like even mixing it like low volumes like Oh, when we yeah. were doing when we were doing finding a space for this, like a lot of um, you know real estates and owners and stuff were like, "Well, how loud do you have it?" And we were like, "Well, look, to be honest, we can't have it super loud. If we want to mix for eight hours, or you know, spend a whole day in yeah. here, we can't have it loud because your, your ear fatigue and your your ears and you know you have to keep turning it up and up and up and like mixing yeah. at low volumes is super awesome and a great technique for mix downs is like 
when you think your mix down is right, turn it, turn it right, right down, down yeah. till you can, and then just turn it up till you can hear whatever the first thing is you can hear. And just like, is that the main element of the track? Yeah. For dance music, it's usually the kick. So it's like, is the first thing you hear as you're turning it up the kick? And then what's the next element? You know, if it's yeah. bass music or, you know, it's like housey yeah. stuff, is it the bass next or is it the drums or whatever it is? And, mm. and, and listen to it at low volume. Listen to the track at low volume. What are the main things that stick out? Because they're obviously the loudest, you know? That's right. And I think and that's a lot of people important. don't do that. They just no. crank it and go, oh, it sounds sick loud. Everything's going to sound better loud. It's how our ears work, you know? Yes, that's so, right. Yeah. yeah. What's that called? It, I don't know what there's it's a, called. You know, like there's okay, got to be a name. There's No, no, no. There's a scientific thing yeah. that says as music gets louder, yeah. it's something, something with sounds our ears. Better it sounds to better to yeah. yeah. There's like a, a, we perceive a thing. Perceived yeah. loudness. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Google right, it. Let's, let's see this next <laughs> We've got a couple questions going on. Cool. Uh, so we were talking about how to finish up a project and we sort of got sidetracked, oh, which, yeah. which happens all the time. But um, – <laughs> For for me, I'll, like we'll 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 put the link up for your thing because I know there's a mad checklist there. But for me, the process of finishing a track is like, uh, you know, I do the I get the arrangement. Once I've got the arrangement, I've got the flow of the track. Yeah. Then I go and I do all the things like I go, all right, I need effects. So white noise, rises, crash cymbals, things like that. And I do that. All right, that's cool. That's easy. You know what I mean? That's Check easy it, to yeah. figure and do. And so you can just do that. And that's that's something when I get stuck, I just go, all right, well, I'm just going to do some effects and yeah. I just do the white noise or not because it's easy. It's like a, you know, you kind of know it's yeah. it's an easy thing to do. <laughs> and then I look at, you know, like um, variation, you know, at the end of phrases, putting those little fills in, dropping the bass out, dropping the kick out, well, all those kind of you little... You said it right with yeah. phrases, like yeah. that's the thing, is you're phrasing different parts of it, but you're right, yeah. Yeah, so like changing the little ends and adding those little variations and things in there. And then I think the last thing is like automation stuff in terms of like build-ups to the drop. Uh, I know you've got a lot of resources you've put out with like filters and how you do yeah. the low and high filters and, and you can stereo wash it out and I do all that kind of stuff. Hmm. And then that's when I bounce out and then we're in mix down mode. Yeah, you're and right. And that's when it's, yeah. you know, and then the mix down is obviously the last thing you should really be doing. Yeah, I think I sort of skipped over the fact that, yeah, you do have to really go through and check that each thing's done. And like, uh, you know, for instance, before – before taking it down for a mix down, I mean, you can do it in the mix down stages, but like, yeah, you can. I like to try and, for example, put limiters on things on a lot of my channels. Yeah. Now, it seems a little counterintuitive because you don't want to sort of squash anything, but what it does is it helps give that extra room for when you take it into mixing. Yeah. And little techniques like that, the automation, the, you know, just having things sort of creatively flowing so that if you're sending it to somebody else, they don't need to guess where that needs to be. Like yeah. they don't need to to go, oh, well, this build-up needs to sort of pull out a little bit more before dropping back in. Yeah. That's done. That's creative. Yeah. That's, that's a, the creative element. Yeah, yeah. that's that's Because like we, for a while there, I used – like me and Johnny, we used to do the mix downs for my tracks and we would do creative mixing. Yeah. We would get into that realm and do it together. But it sort of got to the stage where I was like, well – 
like now I just gave him a track. Like I used to give Johnny tracks when we would sit there and do the mix down with like 70 channels, <laughs> you know, like, like I'd give him, I'd give him the three clap layers yeah, here, that are making the one sound. Just yeah. cause I'm always like, I was just always like, Oh, but what if you want to change the, the thing? And now I'm like, well, no, because that's how I wrote it. Yeah. And it's so that's how I yeah. want it to sound. It's, it's where you got to commit fitting it in. And so now like, now it's like, we just mixed down a track um, the other day and it was like, I think I gave him eight stems, you know, it's like, so really better, condensing yeah. it. And it was, to be honest, it probably sounded the best out of any of the tracks yeah. that we've done because the he didn't have to guess as to, oh, uh, what does he want that clap to sound like? I've got these three layers. Maybe I should bring this part out more or this part. It's like, no, that's the clap. That's exactly. what the clap sounds yeah. like. And that's what you've been You just given, have to yeah. make it fit into the rest of the track or whatever. Yeah. Or I didn't even do that on this. I think I had like kick and drums. <laughs> yeah, perks. Kick, yeah. drums. <laughs> yeah. It was like kick, drums, bass, synths, FX. Yeah, vocals. that's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, really break it down, um, you know, make it basic. So I think that's um, that's something. And like I know you mix down as you go as well. Yeah. Like Yes, that's, that's kind of... It's kind of important. Yeah, because um, it's got to sound semi-decent while you're going. Yeah, but then see, like, I'm really bad at getting sidetracked with exciting things. Like, you know, for example, I'll be like, oh, I just want a sort of fluttery effect synth in the background. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, and I'll start creating something, reverse <laughs> something, and then spend like I'm all, four yeah, hours. There's like a little fluttering There's, there's four hours gone, like, doing the background effect, and I've forgotten where I've even started. Yeah. So... The there's an element of yes, you've got to mix by just sort of maybe volumes and then slight EQ and compression. Like I'll use EQ compressor, maybe a bit of reverb if it's creative and delay, like that kind of stuff. But most of it is so basic before you get to the mix down stage, yeah. especially in that first like hour when it's just ideas, 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 passion, passion, like let's go, let's get it down, let's get it down. Stop worrying about notching EQs and stuff. Like this is more me getting angry at myself, but yeah, stop but worrying good, about it. Yeah, it's a good yeah. tip for everyone. Like I, the only EQing I do when I'm in that writing phase is like, all right, so if I'm like having a bass line with a sob and a top, I'll just like, yeah, yeah, like That's high pass the top end and low pass the, the yeah, you the can sub make it fit hundred like percent later. Easy, you know, make it easy for yourself. Don't go in and do the. Oh, there's that resonant. There's so, there's a resonance in here, and and go and try and find that notch and reson, you know, get that out because it's like, because it, then it takes you totally out of that that creative mindset and yeah. sort of analytical. And going back so. to what you said earlier about like the sound might not be right. So just because you got the baseline, you come in, and you go, oh yeah, I want the baseline, but you don't have time to search through a million patches to find or like design a bass from scratch. So. Use whatever bass you can get to quickly and write the line and then come back and maybe tweak the sounds later. Yeah. And you've got the idea but without fumbling and fumbling around. Because I know like yourself and, and myself as well, like when we've worked together, like we start with a with a preset, you know, like to write the line. Yeah, and then 100%. you go, all right, like I want it now I want to actually sit there and figure out what the the baseline yeah. set, you know, the actual synth and the and the sound design sounds like. Um, but I'll start with the patch just to give me a vibe so I can write. Yeah. And I think that actually right gets on to the next question. <laughs> yes. Anything to do with sound design theory. Um, sound I, design theory. Yeah. Mm. So theory is interesting because that's such a big thing and that's almost like I feel like sound design is almost like an it's, you know, like sound designing is its own job. 
Yeah, it's like, welcome you know to I mean? the next 12 weeks of sound design course. Yeah, you've got like, you know, mastering engineers, mix engineers, oh, and sound design. Sound design is on its own, yeah. You can do that on And there's own. ways to learn it in that. And I don't know, I think it's too hard to sit here and go because it's so technical. Yeah. And it's very scientific, a lot of it. And you have to understand different ways to do it. Um, I think the really good thing for me that's helped with sound design is working with analog synths because – you don't really have presets. You might have some in there, but you don't have like you can't download a preset pack that's like, oh, it's got all these yeah. presets to sound like this artist or something. You that's just have not to make there. It, yeah, you have to play around and tweak. And I think that's one of the best ways. Like, there's definitely basic stuff you have to learn, like you know, ADSR, attack, yeah. sustain, decay, release. You've got to learn about your different waveforms, your sine waves, your saws and all that kind of stuff. You've got to learn about your different types, subtractive, <laughs> additive, yeah. FM synthesis. But I think a lot of the best way to learn particularly the things you like and your sound is to just play. Yeah. And I think that's easier with analog synths. It is. Because I feel fun. like with digital synths, it's a little bit... You know, with analog synths, you can turn two things at once. Yeah, you twist it. You, you know, physically but you twist can do it. two at once. You don't have to just do one with the mouse and then this yeah. one and that one. You can actually do multiple things. And so, yeah, that's what I've found with sound design that's helped me. Have you got any advice for people on sound design? It depends on – yes, I do. Um, it depends <laughs> on how – like how much do you want to be a sound design artist? Like, And it's also what genre – Let's be real. Yeah, that's very true. House and tech house stuff. A lot of it, like if your if your baseline is like a you know that garage square wave bass, it's already been it made is. ten thousand times. That's what times. it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Make your own version mm. of it, and then use that in every track. Like yeah, I think like if that's the sound you're going for. Yeah, you know? the what you said was perfect. Um, I would spend like dedicate an hour, 20 minutes even, just to open up any synth that you have, whether yeah. it's like basic as or serum, whatever everyone uses, and do one of two things. One, do what you do. Start from scratch, init preset, and yeah. play. Which, is that stand for initial? Yes. Oh, Did you God. just realize that? Yeah. 2020 has been a long year. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been producing for so long and you just realized I just called it in it preset. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So you could start from that and build your own thing and try and create your own sounds. Work out what each knob actually does. Yeah. Now that can be quite frustrating and you can be like, I want to try and create this, but never create it. So it's best to go in without a reference of what you want to create yeah. in that instance. Yeah. Uh, the other, yeah, yeah, the other flip side is if you know what types of sounds you want to create, find presets that are already out there and reverse engineer them. Yeah. Figure out, start turning stuff off, start yeah. playing with the knobs and stuff they've already automated in there. Yeah. Start like looking at how they've built that patch up to be what it is. And you might go, oh, well, if I just twist that one, it helps bring out that effect in the sound. Yeah. So then next time you're opening up a new patch and you want to try and play around with it, you just twist that one and go, oh, that sounds good. So that's what I mean by like, it depends on what level you want to take it. Yeah. Because if you're about the music and you just want to create some cool stuff and sort of sound unique and whatever, you don't need to know what each thing is doing because it's that, like you said, it's that technical. Mm. You're going to start pulling your hair out yeah. trying to figure it out. So 
if it's just about the creativity, the music, just reverse engineer, play around, have fun with it. Yeah. Or like we do, just find a preset and then start tweaking and start yeah. sort of building on it with other kind of things or layering and whatever. Um, and you can make it sound unique. Yeah. So in terms of the theory, if you're interested in it, then start looking into it. So, you, see, you know, if you find it fun, go and do it. Some yeah. people find it more fun than and others. And to be honest, like, even though... I'm not an amazing sound designer. I've gotten better over the years just because I've learnt little things. It's learning the little things and picking them up. And sometimes it's because you like you get a you get a patch and you go, "Whoa, that sounds crazy!" Yeah. How is that done? And like you said, you you reverse engineer it. Or even something I would would say is like if you do want to make a baseline like this artist, look up those tutorials that are out there, and go through the process of how they make it and what it does Yeah. because you actually will learn, but don't do it just to have that patch then to use that same patch every time. It sounds like then yeah. do it to understand the principles along the way because they will explain what they're doing yeah. along the way. Just as to well watch what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And do it and follow along and then use it in your music and, and you know, like actually I've got to get all <laughs> – I lost all my presets that I had made and you have them all because I gave them to you. Yeah, <laughs> You've got yours. all my custom presets yes. and I don't have them anymore. They'll be on sale soon for 99 cents yeah, if you from want, my if you store want, if you only. Wanna, yeah. If you want a Boykin Clay <laughs> preset pack. Just message um, me, I'll flick them out. No. Um, yeah, so i got to get them off you. But like, you know, make your own presets. Like learn how to make a sub bass and then make your own and use it and have it as, as a preset. So, you know, like I used to be able when I get them back, I'll just have a go-to sub that I can just put on instead of having yeah. to go through and like make one or do whatever. Yeah. So I think that's a big thing as well. Make your own presets because then you don't have to, you can just go and grab it. That's something you can do to get out of a loop or a, a working on your writer's block like we said earlier. Yeah, exactly. All right, what's the next question? Uh, so the last one, um, and this is huge. We could talk about this forever. Yeah. Workflow tips and tricks. Workflow tips and tricks. So the important thing, as I said earlier, was getting the idea out. And that's work for me, that's workflow uh, in the creative stage is, is having as less friction as possible. Yep. Now I'm going to tell, I'm going to give you some helpful hints that I don't listen to myself. So, <laughs> yeah, so this is go. like, this go. is like, go and go and listen to this because do I as I it. say, not as I do. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. So organize yourself in your projects so that you've got a few things that you can go to quickly yeah. whether it be that same bass patch that you go to just to write bass doesn't it's not going to be the end one but yeah. it's like i need a baseline boom drag start playing if it's the minimum friction between the the idea and coming out onto the page. I just found my favorite bass preset that I use now to write. Yeah, and you just, just to start with. Yeah, yeah and it, that's and it's so helpful, and it can kind of give you that that starting point. The other thing is to set up like templates in in your chosen DAW, or um, learn the shit out of your shortcuts on your keyboard. Like that is yeah. a huge one. Um, yeah, definitely finding shortcuts, and then I, I know you do this. Um, bringing in like a drum rack sort of like pre-made that you just open up a project and, it, and the template's there with the drums and stuff yeah. to start putting in drums. So my and template has like drums and stuff there and I've because I make house, I know that I'm going to need a kick on the, every beat. 
like yeah. four four. So I've got the MIDI in there with a four four kick. Yeah. And I've got I know the clap is gonna be on every two and four. So I've got the two and four MIDI there. Yeah. And I've got you know simpler or sample mm. there. So literally all I have to do is start listening to drum samples and just drag them in and then I don't have to program the drums. They're just there. Yeah, and that's a great place to start with yeah. to get those ideas out yeah. and you can always go back and change it later, but it's yeah. it's about getting that. Well, you definitely vary it later and you add extra yeah. things. But, but there's it's always going to be like hi-hat, uh, you know, like house music. There's always going to be a kick on every beat. There's always going to be a clap on two and four. There's always going to be a hi-hat on the offbeat. Yeah. Um, you know, like these kinds of things that are always going to be there. Like, yeah. You're right. It's just about making sure that you're speeding up the process because if you're doing most – most of us have an idea or you don't necessarily go in the studio and then get struck with a great idea. You sort of come in with an idea often or you might be inspired to write something and you and you get into it. Yeah. And and that's when you really need all the things at your fingertips. And that comes down to even like having like a microphone set up or, a, you know, your keyboard plugged in. Like that that can, you know, I've been in studio sessions where it's like, oh, you know, I need a keyboard. Just give me a keyboard to just kind of like hash out some ideas. I've got something in my head. Oh, we'll just got to gotta find a cable. Uh, let me hang That was on. when we were working on that collab. Oh track. my God, it was you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was me. It was me because I forgot that- um, I'm bagging a, you out. There's on an you. issue with um, with my keyboard and my thing. So it wasn't working and I was like, oh, and you were like, I've got mine and we plugged it in. But yeah, I agree. I do agree. But yeah, that's that's an example of like, you yeah. just, it's, it just needs to be ready. And like, if you're faffing around with chords or like- um, trying to figure stuff out you you lose the the uh, initial momentum um and when you're working with session musicians vocalists coming in like time is money time is money and like the fine line between passion and frustration in in like a studio session is like it's really delicate you've got a balance between like having that and going going and then getting stuck and keeping moving like keeping moving is important yeah and i think all of my workflow stuff is to just minimize that friction and just have that free flow state of like yeah ideas yeah. to paper yeah exactly i think i think that's getting kind ideas of it, yeah. down quick and again that's something that takes a lot of time to to learn and to get used to and you know like i even for me like because I work a lot in the grid and working not with a keyboard mm. um, with a lot of stuff, but that's because I understand the grid and how timing it. Like I've got a very mathematical brain myself. Yeah. So like I understand where things can lie and because I used to beatbox, I sort of. Did you yeah, really? I used to be a mad beatboxer. Bro, this is it. We need to, we need to make this happen. Um yeah, so um, so because of that, with beatboxing, you can only do like one sound at a time. So you need to know where they all lie within yeah. a bar so that you can do them. So like my brain works really well and that's why, I'm, you know, I, I always say my strength is writing drums, writing yeah. drum grooves and stuff like that Sick, yeah. because I can like I know like, oh, I want something off the beat. So I know where the triplets lie in the grid. Like I can just click on them and know that they're there and like, oh, that'll work. And then go, oh, move that here, here, here. And like yeah. so many people like watch me do that as because they usually like have to like play it in on something or do it. And they go, how do you like, how do you do that? That you just know like where it should go. And I'm like, well, because I can 
I can hear it in my head and I can see it. Like mm. I can actually visualize. So it's like a, it's a weird thing for it's yeah. a weird mathematical thing for me. With in terms of the grid and where things for timing yeah. of stuff lies. And you're right because like whatever works with your strengths and how you how you use it is is where you're going to be more successful. So you know that you know how to do that and you have confidence in that so you can like smash that out really quickly and yeah. ha- and have it the idea down nice and yeah. quick. Um, so maybe identifying weaknesses where we're not as good at being quick with things yeah. and where we can speed them Definitely. up is how you would help. And I even did that the other day and I said, who's got some good resources I can do, um, you know, for pads and leads, you know, writing and stuff because I'm always looking to improve on things and that's definitely something that I've recognised in my music is probably one of my weaknesses that that I could work on. Um, It's not like I don't know how to do it but it's not my strength and so I know I need to work on that to to get better at it. So I think – I think the whole thing that we've touched on with all these questions and everything we've talked about is self-awareness. It really is. You need to be self-aware as to what your strengths are, your weaknesses and how you work and and think within the music. Yeah. And that comes with uh, losing the attachment to, I'm going to say everything sounds a little bit like, you know, spiritual, but it's more like, just like if you're, if you're trying to trying too hard or you're trying you know this that and the other and things aren't working or you've got to know like we said you've got to know what works best for you yeah and then not get worried or worked up if that's not how you thought it was going to be or how you want it to go yeah because it's never going to go how you want it to go and it's always going to be better if you're being true to what works for you and learning what you like in something what technique you like how you like doing it like for example there's a million ways to do things how do you do side chaining for your kick what do you use to do that (laughs) i use the uh stock ableton compressor yeah side chain to the kick yeah so 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 side chain compression is what side you chain use. compression yeah yes. whereas some people use volume automation yeah like lfo whereas tool like or like lfo tool, track yeah, yeah. spacer i've whatever. been using um just just kickstart kickstart you know? Kick yeah. you know like there's a million ways to do side chaining and yeah. it's like that's how you come up with the signature sound too you choose all these little one percenters you yes. use compression i use volume automation so our songs are going to sound different you yeah. use this synth for your bass i use this synth for my bass it's all these little tiny one percenters that yeah. make up the difference that then makes your sound different because like I, people who i show tracks to now they go Oh, that sounds like you. And I'm like, really? Yeah, how? Like, how? Yeah. Oh, I'm like, I don't understand how it sounds like me. And they're like, well, it just does. It just does, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Everyone is worried about how you get your sound, but that's... It's by trying new techniques and figuring out which technique you like best. And sticking to it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and following that and you Everyone's creator. like, it's, yeah. it thinks it's hard, but it's like, no, that's it. Yeah. Like, how do you like your bass to sound? Make your bass sound like that. All right, let's have a break quickly because we've got some more other stuff to talk about. I'm going to announce something when we come back. Yes, exciting. Uh, that you don't even know about no, yet. No, I don't. Um, so <laughs> we'll get your reaction and then, um, yeah, we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk a bit more and finish it off. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, so we're back. We're back. Um, I said to you before that I was going to announce something. Yeah. 
I'm that ready. you don't actually know about no, yet. Um, I don't. I'm excited. So for a little while, I've thought that it would be really cool because podcasts, the great thing about them is you feel like you're in the room with the people. You're part of the conversation, right? True. So I thought about how you could take that to the next level. And VR is now... Oh, stop it. VR is now at the level where it's becoming more part of culture and that people uh, have VR headsets for games, even like 360 video on your phone and stuff is a thing. So I have partnered um, with a VR company, Lumination, (laughs) and we will be doing a short run to begin with of VR podcasts. In the studio, um, so if you have a VR headset, you can put it on, and you can. It'll be like you're sitting in a chair, maybe over here or somewhere, and you can look around the room. You'll be able to see what we're seeing. Uh, you'll be able to feel like <laughs> you're in the room. Yeah, you're in the room. You're in the us. conversation. Here. So um, I'm working on a heap of guests. Um, I think the first guests that I've now locked in because I want to. You know, if I'm doing this next level VR thing. I want to have some big guests. And yeah, stuff. for sure. So I've got um, Lowdown is locked in for a podcast. Amazing. Um, so I've known Paul for ages. but That's going to be really been, cool. Paul's yeah. full, of, uh, full of amazing things. So Yeah, so um, we've, got, we've got Lowdown coming on uh, and I've got a few other people in mind that I haven't hit up yet. But hush, I'm, hush. I'm quite <laughs> sure. Well, I haven't hit them up. So, right. But I'm sure that we could, uh, that they'll be be keen to do it um so yeah that's the announcement um, that's so cool vr podcast maybe five episodes will be coming that's so um, cool looking to record them in january um and release them sort of towards the end of january um they'll still be the normal version of the podcast the audio the video but it's an and an and it's yeah. and if you want to have that vr experience that's where you so feel cool. like you're in the room if it's an artist you really love and you want to feel like you're part of the the conversation yeah. at, in another level. Um, I'm going to be doing some VR podcasts. That's so exciting, man! Where you awesome. can yeah feel like you're in the room. So that's the announcement, guys. Um, I'm partnering with Lumination, uh, which is a local company, and we're going to be doing a run of VR podcasts. So um, oh yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it goes because, like, you know, I don't think that VR is big enough at the moment that it will be taken up and be a massive thing. Maybe if Joe Rogan did it in podcasts, it would be a thing. But I think at this stage, I'd just like to do it to see how it goes and how hard it is and and just to put it out there and see what you guys think. I'd love to get your feedback on it when it comes out, um, if it's something that we should keep doing. Uh, But we're just going to do a a short run at the moment, maybe five episodes and – See where it goes from there. I'm excited. You know? I'm excited to see where it goes because for you building this, um, building it up, it seems like you're always innovating. You're always looking for new ways to sort of bring the experience across to everyone. And I think that's the next step that's missing is having that little bit of inclusion to be like, you know, yo, <laughs> and yeah. then like you're just in the group conversation. You know, you feel like you're more kind of part of it. So that's yeah. really exciting, bro. So I Hell think yeah. it's really cool because there's been so many times in when I've listened to or watched podcasts where I've thought, man, it'd be so great to be in the room to listen yeah. to that or whatever. And I think it's just while that's not, it's not exactly the same. Um, it's it definitely sort of will bring a little bit more of that feeling like you're the fly on the wall or you're sitting in a chair yeah. in the room. 
100%. So, yeah, that's the announcement. Um, Very VR cool. VR podcasts. Very cool. Um, First in the, that I've heard of. I don't know anyone else doing VR podcasts. I so. have seen one. It was a VR company, their podcast and stuff, but it was in a specific studio that was VR. This is going to be like... Right here. Right here, yeah, in our in our studio. So, that's cool. Um, Very cool. Yeah, and then who knows, maybe we'll start developing... Uh, technology and software to allow people to do it for themselves as a podcast. Very know? cool. So, um, but yeah, so that's the announcement. Um, I'm really excited about it because I yeah. think it's such a cool concept, and it it is. Yeah, it it's, is. Um, it's just something that that yeah, like you said, I always love innovating and pushing the boundaries and yeah. things. And I think that's something that is totally doable. We have the technology. Um, why not give it a crack? Yeah, so. why not? Why not, hey? So, yeah, you'll have to come in for a I'm definitely going to podcast. Yeah, I'm going like, to be sitting there. I, like, I don't have a VR headset. Yeah, so, but like even with the phone, you, you can, can use the, the Yeah, you can move it yeah. around. So I think I'm just going to be in there and like, you know, imagine if you put like secret hidden like things up around the room for those VR guests and they're just kind of like behind it a, and stuff. Yeah, like these yeah, guys can't. You see won't it. see. It's just you need a VR little pass to be able to come in and get a that's few, a cool, se- I like few that little idea. secrets yeah, I like sitting that. behind I like the. That. Yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna implement that. All right, sick. Um, yeah. So that's the announcement. But let's talk a little bit about um, plugins. It's yes. you know Black Friday is upon us. There's some great deals out there, um, you know, like we were talking earlier about Isotope and the the bundle they've got going. I think it's yep. forty nine dollars for like the Elements versions of and like of their the stuff. full versions of that. Like it's worth so much money. Oh, so forty nine is a steal. I, I think the it's forty nine dollars to buy them all individually would be. I think it's twelve hundred. Oh, so like, that's a, what yeah. a bug. Like you'd be silly not to get Isotope is really good. Yeah, even some of the even though it's Elements and it doesn't have all of the features in like ozone and for all that 50 kind of bucks stuff. but the great thing is that you then are able to upgrade yeah and so then when black friday rolls around next year you're an upgrade price you yeah upgrade yeah i'm all for isotope i i use isotope stuff regularly i know a lot of people that do um it's one of the leading people i think in in terms of like sound manipulation and plugins and stuff uh they've really seemed to got a really good handle on what people are after and what sort of tools they'll need to use. And work, and like a lot of, like Chris Royal said about this, like there's a lot of tools in there that uh, it's coming straight from the DAW and getting, it's like, if you don't have a great room, uh, Neutron will be able to tell you, oh, these two sounds are masking each other. Yeah. Because maybe you can't hear that in your room because you know, your low end frequency yeah. response isn't that great. So it's really, I think Isotope is really great for people who don't have a great space because you can use these. And even if you just use some of the, um, you know, they've got like AI stuff in there that analyzes the sound and goes, mm. oh, this is a bass instrument. Yeah. You should probably do this from what we hear. And maybe that's not what you end up doing, but it gives you a little bit of a rough idea it's of a starting oh, point. So there's obviously like, there's a resonant in here that I can get rid of, um, you know. So I think that's that. It's really good for um, people who don't have a great space or something. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The one that I'm looking out for is Soothe. Yeah, it's Soothe, Soothe too. too. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure they're not going to put that. Like, on you, yeah, you've said you've you've really knocked my heartstrings here, saying that it's not going to be on sale. Because I saw something but... that where they they um, I think it might have even been the heavyweight base group because there's someone in there that said, "Is it going to go on special?" And I think someone who works for them or is a developer for them or whatever said, 
no, we're not going to put specials out because we know how good this plug is. Yeah, we don't need to. We like, you know, like if you, you know, and I think it's what, $300 is what yeah, it is. Yeah, and like for those who don't know what it is. Um, yeah, explain what it is. Soothe essentially is is somewhat of an AI uh, plugin which goes through and, and detects the, the harsh or resonant frequencies that are sticking out in whatever sound you decide to put it on. And, and I think that's what's so good about Soothe is that, having only used it a few times myself, you can pretty much throw it on anything mm. that you want to sort of sm- soothe, smooth out. Like, yeah. and harsh vocals, cymbals, um, guitars, synths, like things that are a little bit harsh and they've got, especially once you run them through a, a fair few other plugins and stuff, yep. just taking the edge off those harsh things is yep. gonna even out everything in the mix and sit real nicely. Mm. So I've had my own for a long time. So yeah. um, I, I was talking to okay. Jay Berry, uh, who who runs. Um, oh, I can't believe I've just gone blank on the name. <laughs> his, his, t- his teaching company, uh, DJ Lab. DJ Lab. DJ Lab. Yes. Um, I saw him using it, and I hit him up and said, because I've never used it. I said, "How is it like?" And he said, uh, "Dude, like it, it's so good because it just takes that job." out of it you don't have to sit there and find the resonant peaks and do it you just chuck it on and it does it yeah i said to him well is it something that would maybe be a bad thing for people who need to learn that yeah and he said yeah but as long as you already know what you're doing it's good that's or i was just thinking then it would be a good way to go here's the original sound what does Soothe say needs to be taken out? And then you can go and look at, oh, okay. And try and so do I see it. you yeah. can hear it and go, oh, so that's what it's taking out. And then you can go and go to that frequency and pull it down and go, oh, yeah, I see what's going on. So I think it could be a really good learning tool as well. Yeah, see, it's almost I think like you a professional showing yeah. you what to do. Like, this is. is what I would take out. It's like, yeah. it is. And it's not, it shouldn't be used as a band aid and things like this. But yeah. It shouldn't just be like, you should oh, know why you're using it again. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So you've got to, if you don't know how to go through and notch frequencies and, and listen for stuff that's ringing out, yeah. like, you know, notch up a really high Q value, EQ, sweep it across the spectrum, find those things that are ringing out, duck them down. And then if you throw Soothe on top, it's going to like almost even out the frequencies a little bit. And there might be something you missed and it's like, oh, what about this one? And then you can go back and go, oh, yeah, actually, now I, oh, and then train your ears. Yes. And that's, um, a great, that's a great idea. Yeah. you could. There's a lot of ways of doing the same effect of what Soothe does, but yeah. I think that, that that's just, you know, a plug-in that I've – and a lot of other people have, have seen some really good stuff with. Yeah. So again, going back to workflow, you know, it's something that you can just go, oh, yep, I know Soothe is going to help me with that process, be a bit quicker. And again, um, it's knowing why you're going to use yes. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, vital. Yeah. So is there any other plugins that you're, you've are you had your eye on or even just ones that you you, you enjoy or you, you like? Yeah, so I recently um, was fortunate enough to be sent uh, the bu- plugin bundle from Baby Audio and yeah. they um, – They've got some good stuff, right? They've got some really cool stuff. Yeah. There's probably two that I use quite regularly now. The first one is their delay, which is called Comeback Kid. It's um, relatively analog flavored, but what I really like about it is the controls in terms of how you can shape the delay. And also there's a little knob on it, which is like a ducking function, which also 
it side chains the delay back to the dry signal within uh, the plugin yeah. without you having can to do, like again we're go, we're talking workflow. about these workflow things where you can do that but it's already in the plugin it's and already it's already there right there so i think that's, that's why i find handy. myself using it and yeah. apart from the fact that it's a, it's a really nice delay um yeah. and easy to use it's just that little function is just all that workflow in one space. And normally I would have to, you know, put my delays on bus channels and run them back yep. to the original signals and things like this. Yep. Now it's done on the chain and I'm yep. not taking up extra That's channels. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the other one they do is, is parallel aggressor. And it's again, running parallel in the same chain. So it splits your uh, audio into three different parts yep. you've got your dry signal and then two different types of parallel yep. one which is more focused on transients and like smack punch type stuff so and then like compression it's more compression yeah, yeah. with like f emphasis on the transients and then the other side is more like distortion warmth saturation, saturation yeah, yeah. and you can blend so you can then mix and blend Between within the plugin all, yeah. all three and have it and just whack it on the chain without Parallel busing. That's huge. Et cetera, et cetera. So, that's huge because that's yeah. what you're talking about there is like a heap of processes in one. Yeah. Mixed processes. Yeah. And and that's and that's part of the creative phase for me almost because mm. it's within that plugin and I'm doing some sort of creative, uh, you know, shaping of the sound and that's done in the plugin. So it's quick and easy too. Yeah. So workflow yeah. again. So Baby Audio, um, definitely, they've got 40% off Black Friday just announced. Oh, 40% nice. off. So. I was about to ask that. I was like, that's a yes, Black Friday. That's deal. why I mentioned it because I, I saw that they'd, um, they'd put that out. So that's really cool. Um, apart from Isotope that we spoke about, Soothe, uh, Fab Filter. Um, I mean, that's just like, for me, that's just industry standard. Honestly, like if, you, something that if you you're not have. on the latest Fab Filter stuff, it's so good. Q3. Q3. Incredible. Multiband, MB. Yeah, but you can do it all with Q3 because it's dynamic. You can. It's exactly. so good. Like, yeah. so it's Q just, okay, yeah. Like, so if you I need one M fab like, filter. I've yeah. got MB and, and to be honest, I still do use it when I want like real broad bands of things that I want to do. But if I want like – if I'm trying to – I almost don't notch out um, resonant frequencies with an EQ. I use a dynamic version yeah. of it now because – Sometimes that resonant isn't always going to be hitting depending on the exactly. note. But when it does hit, I want it to notch out. So that's why I think that's really cool that they've got that. Yeah, and like melodies and stuff and changing octaves, you know, lower octaves are going to push certain frequencies low down, yeah. higher octaves, da-da-da-da. So if you've got a dynamic EQ doing that, same, same as the multiband. I mean, I find myself using the, the multiband from FabFilter instead of OTT. Yeah, yeah. So like that's kind of you know how everyone puts OTT on everything. Like See, that's not, my OTT. I never OTT. got into OTT. Hey, you need to get onto OTT. <laughs> well, not if I have multi. The yeah, MB yeah, true. Stuff. But the only reason I never got into it because I think that for what I like the sounds of, it's not real pushed. You don't need it. You don't it's have not to have real it. aggressive pushed. Like yeah. I, you know, like. I find I prefer to use like saturation and stuff to do those those kind of things, and then compression and parallel compression. Yeah, it sounds like that aggressor plugin would be perfect yeah. for what I like to yes. do. To, You'd to love get that, bro. You'd yeah. absolutely love that. You're right. Yeah, it's it's each each of these tools has has other ways of doing it, and yeah. um, I think, like you said, it's just kind of what you decide to go to and what you like. Mm. 
we're definitely on agreeance with Pro Q3. That's yeah. Fab Filter number one plugin. If I was going to be getting that, yeah. Um, if you can't afford the whole bundle, just get Q3. Q3 is. is I use yeah. that for all of my um, subtractive. Do you know you can side chain? Surgical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. figured that out the other day. Jesus Christ! You need to learn your plugins. But yeah, yeah. You know, like I mean, we just, all do. Like even so ones we know in and out. There's still things. Even like uh, you taught me something when we were collabing with Simpler, just the fade out. Yeah. I use that on everything now. <laughs> yeah. Everything. But it's so, yeah, I think that's also a point we should make is that, yes, Black Friday, plug-in sales, everybody's talking and raving about plugins, plugins. But if you don't know your stock ones, if you don't know how to use the ones that are given, because Ableton, speaking from my own experience, you know yeah. the same, like they've got some insane stock stuff. That sounds Ableton really good. 11, have you looked at any of the stuff they've yeah, got? Yeah, I have. Oh, looks really good. Yeah, I know, like all the, all the spectrum um, the spectrum effects and, and then the even, even just the, the comping. comping, I was going to oh, say, it's like, man. oh, finally. Especially okay. for instruments yeah. like recording and stuff like that or even playing melodies and stuff. And Yeah, if they'd, if they'd put freezing of groups, I would have already bought it. I would have already upgraded and I'd be on Ableton 11 train right now. But seeing as we don't have group just freezing sign up for yet. Beta. Yes. I used to beta test for 10 before it came out. And so I still have an account, so I think I can reactivate it and start doing 11, which i got to look into because there's some cool stuff in there. But I'm pretty sure it was just like an application. Like you send them like, oh, this is me. Like this is what I do. This yeah. is how long I've been doing it. This is what I, you know, what I do. And Maybe we can. As long as you're – you would definitely be able to get onto the beta. Oh, let's hope. But the only thing be about nice. beta testing is that it is a little bit annoying because it's sometimes – buggy, isn't it? Well – yeah, sometimes, but when you open up a pro, when you open it up every time, it downloads the newest version of the beta if you're on the oh, internet. Okay. And so sometimes you go in and things will just be different, and you're like, "What's going on?" Like they'll move a button or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Or or not so much buttons, but like shortcuts or the way things work and mm. like some of the stuff. And and then you have to go into the, you go up to the, you know, you go into the website Help and, find, and yeah. well, you go into the website and you look at what the updates were what they've changed and you go, oh, okay, so that's what that is. And then yeah, you've got to go. No, yeah. Have, yeah. So it can be a little bit annoying if you're trying to write, but it is cool to be able to have access to some of that stuff yeah. before everyone else. Um, yeah, I'm keen. I might get on it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then you can just stay on the beta and don't worry about buying 11. Yeah, yeah. Because they keep doing up the, all the upgrades and things they're working on, they, they do. That's the thing. I think I might wait anyway till they've bugged out all the, all the stuff. That's the other thing. Same There's with problems. those new uh, MacBooks that they – released apparently this new chip in the macbook's gonna be real fast for music production but none of the plugins well yeah none of the plugins are native to it yet and Mm. a lot of the stuff will crash so we've got to wait until everything sort of upgrades and gets used to it first before but exciting they're meant to be heaps better yeah exactly they must be real exciting a third better whereas usually the jumps are like these tiny minuscule jumps of yeah, and, and my my power. Mac gets to 100 degrees with five tracks on it. So it's like, well, yeah. you know, yeah. time for an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So is there any other plugins um, that you, you've you loved? To be honest, we use – we bought the subscription to – or we do – we pay for the subscription to um, Plugin Alliance, which for mixing, like if you want to get into mixing, is just absolutely incredible because you get every plugin they have. Mm. And when they bring new ones out, you get it. Oh, wow. So, like, they get a new one and it's across multiple different plugins. 
Brainworks, unfiltered audio, um, you know, like all these, all these, yeah. there's like a heap of SSL um, clones. There's stuff that's. The SSL stuff's so nice. Yeah. S- really there's nice. like an SPL one. Like there's this, there's a, cl- there's a, um, an emulation of, uh, it's called the townhouse compressor. So there's only one ever made uh, in, I think it's townhouse was the name of the studio. Yeah. And basically back in the day, they said to, um, they said to SSL, they said, we love like all the compression stuff uh, in your desks and all, you know, and your, and your stuff, but we want to make a specific compressor. Will you sell us the actual hardware components so we can build one oh. um, for ourselves and it'll just stay here. It won't go yeah. anywhere else. And they were just like, yeah, cool. Cause it must, it was a big yeah. uh, thing. So this, Townhouse compressor, it's just a great bus compressor that has awesome. a, a whole heap of, and as you, you would probably know, you know, from emulation plugins that emulate analog old gear, they give a flavor. It's it's not that they're better at compressing yeah, or anything yeah. like that, but they give a tone, it's they give a flavor, sound, yeah. they give extra harmonics. They, there's little extra things that it brings um, that gives a little bit of, difference or yeah makes it not sound uh like it's coming from a computer as much as well yeah i i agree totally agree uh in going off that uh another plugin i've had the pleasure of um working with is magnetite by yeah black rooster audio yeah um and we've spoken about before different tape saturation yeah we both love our saturation yeah, i know but it's like <laughs> j37 you're right. So that, but like that flavor and, and especially when it's modeled off old gear, like that, you don't get that from your standard stuff. And that's where you can bring in this element of a human recorded feel or a more, I'm going to say the word homely feel rather than like robotic. It's more kind of natural yeah. feeling. And um, because that's what we've grown up on these analog stuff and the great debate is analog sound better than digital sound i don't know i just think it's different it's a different quality i don't think it's cleaner certainly not well it depends what's clean anymore (laughs) what is clean is it too clean or some stuff like that's it so that's what i mean like you can make it sound like a computer and it will be clean but that's not what i think people enjoy most about music imperfection is perfection yeah imperfection <laughs> is important yeah. yeah i think so yeah but that's that that's that's one tape emulation um I, d- I tend to use that for things like uh just on the kick a little bit subtle part of analog warmth on the low end bases and things like that um yeah. and generally run into the tape emulation first before anything else so it's like you're running yeah. it straight into the analog desk yeah before you do any before, EQ or yeah, anything before anything else um yeah. The the other thing that I would suggest I've spoken about before is track spacer from Waves. Uh, oh, it's not actual Waves. It's called it's um, Wave Factory, and they it's it's another version of like a dynamic EQ but sidechain. So it's a mixing plugin. Um, a lot of people use it for kick and bass, the same as what we're talking about with kickstart and things like that. But what it does is you essentially send the frequencies from one track or the signal and through this track spacer plugin yep. and it 
analyzes the frequencies and you can duck those out when it's played of another layer. So we think about kick and bass, every time you put it on the bass layer, every time the kick comes through, only the frequencies that are the kick mm. are going to be subtracted from the bass. So everything else molds around, around, it, yeah. around, around it. Um, but I tend to use it for things like vocals against yeah. leads and chords. Yeah. So if you've got piano playing. Huge in pop music. It's a big pop technique. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like it's, it's doing the subtractive EQ or like the pocket EQ, but Dynamic. dynamically. And I can't speak highly enough of it really. Honestly, yeah. it's been, it's, it's magic. And um, again, you've got to know why you're using it and do it in subtle amounts and listen to really what's going on. Yeah. And so you're not losing too much of the original, but 15%, 20% of this plugin. Yeah. Amazing. It sounds very similar to Neutron because it's got that masking feature when you can you can link to if you put Neutron on two tracks, say a kick and a bass, you can then go into either of those plugins on it and say, all right, I want to do mask, see what's masking from this other, um, you know, this yeah. other one. So it has all the channels then, so you can put that in, and then when they're playing, you'll see the frequencies in the spectrum light up and then you can go, oh, cool. So that's masking around here. So I want to, I want the kick to come through here. So I'm just going to not duck. Out. Yeah. 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 Duck. And you can yeah. side chain as well. You can dynamic. Yeah. You know, side I, chain to be well. honest, I haven't had much experience using neutron like yeah. that, but I believe you, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. But it um, sounds, it sounds like the one you're talking about sort of does that for you. This shows you what's masking and then and you've then got you to go it. and do yeah, it. No, this one, does this it. one sort of just does it. And it's just Again, a big knob. Yeah. yeah. It's just the big knob. You twist it. It's like, you dry wet and it's like you can as you turn it up you hear the frequency disappearing behind and yep. popping out so it's it's easy to dial in yeah, yeah. but that's it that's my plug-in recommendations yeah <laughs> and we could sit here forever and talk yeah about i could talk about gear all day <laughs> yeah but um all right let's move on because there's something that you know i want to talk about with you yeah, that cool. um you know it's very interesting to me that we we're really similar in a lot of things, you know. We've 100%. both done jazz yeah. music growing yeah. up and stuff like that um, and orchestras and, you know, classically trained and, and all that kind of stuff. We've both studied sport and exercise science at uni, um, so we've, we've done that kind of thing. Um, we both, you know, love our health and fitness sort of stuff as well. We both love dance music and similar kind of vibes of stuff yeah. and like there's often times where you'll show me a track and i'll go dude that's awesome <laughs> that, i think it was tornado yeah um, yeah, like, tornado, yeah, that's um, sick, yeah you showed us that and i was like dude that's sick and then i hit you up for to figure out what it was yeah. later on i was like what was that track called yeah. um but we've got a big difference of opinion in uh, i don't know if i'd call it conspiracy theories but you know just um i'm I suppose very trusting of, I suppose we could say authority, uh, and you're a little bit the opposite <laughs> of of yes. that. Like you know, yeah, like you the lockdowns and things and stuff. So yeah. I'm interested to find out not specifically about things, and you know, we're not going to get into a debate about specific topics and things. But why is that that you have that skeptical nature of things? Yeah. Do you, do you know why that is? Yeah, I mean, partly, partly that's me. I'm, uh, I've always been interested in the why about stuff. Yeah. Um, I am too, and I'm, I know you are, and I think that's like, that's why this is interesting, and this is why, 
and we're seeing a lot of this at the moment. You know, yeah. we're seeing like, and I'll use this as an example, like we're not like this, but you see like good friends falling out yeah. from differences of opinion yeah. um, over stuff that's really not like that important. Yeah. Um, I think where I, where I sort of view everything is that I, I'm very trusting and I give, I always yeah. look for the, the best in people, right? So I do that, but on the other side, I have a certain level of skepticism for stuff, but only when things don't add up. Now, there's like a lot to be said about misinformation. And I say that in inverted commas, misinformation, because, you know, you never know what you can believe anymore. Like it's true. There's proven uh, instances of, all sides of people and things and whatever not being true when things are said that they're true, right? And over the course of history, we've learned in hindsight about a lot of events that seemed one way and then uh, yeah, concurrently another way. Yeah. Now, like, I know that, like, without delving into details and all this, all this kind of stuff, yeah. um, we think and we like to label stuff as conspiracies or, you know, we tend to think of if you're questioning something, um, sorry, not necessarily questioning something. If you come and say, no, 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 this is what's going on. Like it's yeah. all da, 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 it's all screwed up. And like the truth is generally somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I'll agree with that. So for me, I'm all about like the truth and sort of honesty. And I know you are too. And it's yeah. like, that's where things can get messy because one person will hear something that they've heard and because of the way they've been conditioned or brought up or the circles that they're listening in, yeah. they tend to be believing or leaning that certain way or they might have had something impact them or then what some person, you know, a politician may have said something against something that they're really strong on and then instantly, you know, they're against that person or yeah. whatever. I have always trusted my gut instinct with stuff and if yeah. i feel like something's not quite right then i'll generally tend to sort of stay away not necessarily stay away from it but treat it with a little bit of distance yeah so if i'm if we're going to give this lockdowns COVID example yeah um i'm very very skeptical of the whole thing from the beginning as, yep. you, as you're aware um and as you know i'm very the opposite yeah yeah, yeah. and and i get that and like on one hand, I'm not somebody that's like, you know, it's all fake, everybody's evil and out to get us because yeah. that's going too far. Like yeah. that's going too far the other way. It exists. It is a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there's... But I, I think we're, we're specifically for this, you're like, well, is our response to it warranted? I think that's where you come from. Yes and no. Yes and no. And is I'm there a bit a bigger than that. But and yeah. is there an agenda behind the response? Yes. So like, you know, I'll... I'll go out on the record and say, like, it's pretty clear to me, to me personally, yep. again, this is just my opinion, yep. that there is a big agenda going on. Mm -hmm. Whether it's involving all of the aspects that everybody's saying it is, is probably not true. Because as we said, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Yep. It doesn't mean that I support Trump, support Biden, support lockdowns, don't support vaccinations, this, that, and the other. I'm for common sense and, and open transparency. Generally, from the state of how everything's been going, 
open discussion and hearing the voices and opinions and questioning things over our entire lifetimes has gotten us through situations and yeah. gotten us to deal with stuff. So And to understand things. Exactly. So, you know, I might not understand something fully. You might not understand. By chatting, we understand each other's point of view and we yeah. can then work out the best way of action. But if, if I'm being told that I'm not allowed to say anything, mm. but you are and... I will feel like I'm being oppressed yeah. or like I'm not uh, having my voice heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and why can't I say that is, is the right. It's sort of like, well, if I'm saying this, is what's wrong with me saying that? Now, I also see the point of if you've got someone coming out and saying you should all do this and against common sense it seems like that's not the right thing to do, then people might think, oh, that person is endangering or they're spreading false information that could be harmful. But that's up to the individual to be able to take that piece of information and judge it against every other piece of information and make their mind up for themselves, right? Yeah. Not for a big tech monopoly or for someone to say, no, 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 yeah. you can't say that. Yeah, what yeah. we say is the way to go is the way yeah. to go, right? Now, we've seen in the last 12 months or less that things that appeared one way six months ago have been backflipped and backflipped quite a few times. There's many, many holes in a lot of things that we've been told or, or heard yeah. in, re in relation to everything, not just yeah. coronavirus, whatever. Like, yeah. So to me, if I'm, get, if I'm being laid a story out with a whole lot of holes in it, I go, hang on, that doesn't make sense. Back in February, March, I was like, shit, there's a virus. This is bad. Like, you know, let's be safe. Like, let's, let's worry yeah. about this. And then the more that I see the holes and then the people that are identifying the holes speaking up and then being demonized and silenced... Be only because it doesn't match up to what they're telling you, that raises my alarm bells a little. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I go, it's fake, da 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 Yeah. But it makes me go, oh, you know, so why can't we talk about that? What's wrong with discussing the other side of things? What happens if lockdowns weren't the best idea? What other alternatives are there and why can't we talk about that? Now... If they have open discussions on, you know, and as we're seeing at the moment with um, various different media organizations and things like that, if we're having a transparent both sides of the argument type of story, most people are going to get a balanced view, be able to make up their mind and yeah. can tell the stuff that doesn't make sense to the other stuff. But if... Anything that's questioning what's going on is being taken away from you. You're only going to hear the stuff that they want you to hear. Yeah. Now, some of that might be correct. Some of it might not be. But what I'm noticing is the intent behind what's going on. Yeah. Now, if I was a leader of a country or whatever, and I saw that my people were in a state of fear for something, whether it be a virus or something, there's a few things that I would do different to the way that our politicians and media 
and governing bodies have gone about the way that they're yeah. doing things. Because I come from a place of love, understanding, trying to work together, listen and yeah. come up with the best strategy. It doesn't seem like that was the way things have been done. And it doesn't seem like that's going to continue from the way that we've seen stuff happen. My question for that, just that specific thing, is that leadership and being a good leader doesn't always mean choosing the most popular thing. Very true. Sometimes Very true. you have to make the harsh and the hard decision. And that's why I feel like, you know, you look at Melbourne as a great example. They had to go into lockdown or they did go into lockdown and they've got rid of it now. And now they're coming out the other side. And I think that's amazing. Like hats off to Melbourne and the whole state to getting through that and coming out the other side. And now they've got this, you know, they've, they've, they've beaten it. And then you look to them like, you know, don't want to alienate anyone from America, but you look at their leaders and they, a lot of those places, they didn't make that tough decision to do that. And you've yeah. still got, you know, so many people, um, you know, getting okay. this virus. Yeah. This is without getting yeah. into all the, oh, all, yeah. the tests and all that I kind agree. of stuff. I agree, yeah. But That's you know what I, I mean? Like it, it's leadership sometimes is about making the, the hard decision, decision. Is not the popular decision yeah. for the greater good. Yeah, and, and I totally respect that because that needs to happen yeah. for some people. That's right. And, and even if it's not popular, it needs to happen because they have the information or they have the best possible knowledge that they could possibly have, right? Yeah. Now, with obviously, without getting into details, because I slightly disagree with some of those things, but that's yeah. different. That's, that's different. And, you know, we could be here for hours. But the, the principle of, of doing greater good, right? And we, we saw this um, double-edged do no harm, you know, like it's the, in the health aspect. It's all about our health, right? That's, that's what we're being pushed at. It's all about our health, right? Now... If we generally look about the welfare of the population from January to possibly January next year and across the board, wellness in all areas and health in all areas, have we done a good job? And I'm not going to say in my opinion, I'm not asking for yours. I'm just thinking that's a question we should be thinking about. Mm. Is it really about our health? Is I agree with you that... Yes, okay, Melbourne seemed to be stricter. We've seen other places in the world without strict lockdowns and have still eradicated this supposed virus. Now, yeah. places in Europe and stuff, I'd have to give you an exact country. Um, yeah, but we're, we're, yeah, we're yeah. not going to specifics. But without, here, so, yeah, so, so, so we don't know. have a young Jamie to. Yeah, to we look don't have a, a fact uh, checker. Yeah, a fact but, checker um, anything, yeah. You know, if, if that's wrong, I apologize. But the. It's fine. You know, the. The way that we've seen the enforcement and the the lack of what I would call like empathy for human feeling and 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 uh, greater community and bringing everyone together seems to have gone out the window for seemingly something that is less like uh, it's less of an impact on us. For example. Closing down the economy and locking everyone away, our suicide rates have gone up. Okay. Now I would question that, but 
Well, that's yeah, fine. That, that, that's okay. fine because Th- that's because okay. I've seen a lot of research that has actually said that that's not actually the case. Um, there's there's definitely domestic violence is definitely something that's gone up. Okay, well then let's 100%. use that for an example. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's if, definitely if something that on, has so that's agree, definitely yeah. gone up. So if we agree on that, for example, yeah. don't worry, don't worry about the specifics. If it has or it hasn't, like. Yeah. These are other issues that we need to be yeah, aware of, definitely. of putting everyone in the same space. Mm-hmm. Also, lack of contact with family, people losing contact with loved ones that are supposedly dying. Like, yeah. I have family I mean, overseas. I can't I can't see my family that I was supposed to see. There's a lot of people in the same yeah, boats. Definitely. And... And that's a huge impact on mental like health. That, I get that. Yeah, like, definitely. that health versus, versus, you know, in at the moment in Adelaide, they're doing a complete border lockdown for a two families who have symptoms and to me because of the way that everything else is running in the world and every other part of the world we're at a point where everyone seems to think that it's just eradicate this thing at all costs and at all costs is not for your health and for the greater good and for you know um trying to move forward past this. Now, to me, again, my opinion, mm. it all neatly wraps up in the same thing that key people are talking about all over the world. And it very, very suspiciously lines up with all of these conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'll anybody- I agree with that. I will definitely agree with that. Like, okay, so- Like taking it from a from a perspective of looking at, if we're looking and go, okay, yeah. why do these what people... What has happened before what can, in the yeah, past? What's happened before, why do you think they're doing it and what can they gain out of it, what they're going to lose out of yeah. it? If we lay those, you know, what's the positives and negatives or what are we going to get out of it? It's a very clear connection and path between a few certain people that are benefiting from this. Yeah. They're the same people that are supposedly talking about, oh, they're the same people that are dictating how we respond to this situation they're also the same people promising a new normal they're also the same people promising agenda 2030 and our zero emissions and our great reset now all of these are all conveniently under the same tactic and umbrella that these people want to move forward Without getting into details and trying to fact check everything, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. how I view it. And yeah, I know yeah. that I'm not the and only I, one. Like, I totally get that. Like, I totally understand how that overarching yes. aspect, yeah. and I am skeptical about a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But from my perspective, if I can just, you yeah, know, please. Like, yeah, I need my it. perspective yeah. is that, you know, for me, I was at uni for a long time. I was there for six, seven years on and off doing stuff, lived on college for six years grew up around, you know, like spent years and years with people who I know and I trust who are now experts in these things. Yeah. And, and I look to them and I ask them questions about things. And the thing that I like, like it's interesting what you said about common sense because, you know, you're like, oh, these things don't add up when you look at it from a common sense perspective. But the problem with that is that, yeah, like it might seem like a common sense thing because you're looking at, it from this perspective but these experts and stuff have learned and and the reason i trust a lot of experts is because 
I know these people and I yeah. can ask people who I know and I trust and who I know. And you don't know their intention. They to want things. to yeah, try and yeah. do the right thing. And, and, yeah, yeah. And, and I trust them basically. Um, but the thing is that these people like sometimes, and I, this is the same with health and stuff. You talk to someone and they say, oh, but this is like this, this and this. And you're like, well, yeah, but you're missing this basic, like the basics these experts have learnt the basics and then they've learnt all the steps along the way to the complex thing. If you're someone looking at it from a, a lay person who hasn't learnt the basics from the ground up, you're looking at it from a common sense perspective. But maybe you don't know something that's a basic principle and that basic principle changes everything. Yeah. And it totally debunks your your theory and it's just because like yeah common sense might say this but that's because you don't have all the information you don't know this thing yeah yeah and so that's why when people sort of talk about like you know these um you know when we as humans we have to generalize things to have discussions about things because we can't talk about individual cases it's it doesn't work um there's always outliers people genetics and all that kind of stuff but we have to generalize things and that's kind of the problem because everything is nuanced you know, everything is actually complicated. Yeah. Like we generalize things so that we can talk about them in a broad spectrum. But when you get down to the nitty gritty and the really detailed things, it's very nuanced. It's very complicated. It's very individual on these, you know, things. Yeah. So I think like I understand that perspective of looking at it from a common sense perspective. But I feel like, you know, people don't know some of the basic things yeah. that would then, because you're trying to, then, yeah, you're, shine looking, light at a, on it. you're yeah. looking at a complicated thing yeah. without having all the basic without all the pieces. Of, of things yeah. before. And that's why like when people, and when I, when I've talked to people like yourself and like other people who have this view of things, I go in from a perspective of, well, I get that, but do you, have you thought about this? Because it's something that I know, you yeah, know, that yeah. that maybe you don't know, and maybe you do know that, and you've you've got a reason why, uh, and you've got yeah, an explanation sure. that you've thought about and, and yeah. pondered on. But a lot of the times, there's things that people they don't think they jump to conclusions. Because they jump it, to conclusions and they look at it from their perspective, but it's like, oh yeah, but you don't know this bit. And this You're, bit yeah. changes everything. And the way the algorithm works on social is that it'll it's feed you 100%. the things that you want to see. Yeah, yeah. So and they feed you, yeah. uh, like, have you seen The Social Dilemma? Or I haven't watched you it. You have to watch it, Everyone's man. been telling me to watch it and I refuse to watch it because everyone tells you to watch it. No, I'm, you have to watch it because, people, it's, cause it's a, cause it, it really enlightens the thing on, on like, they actually found, so they will do it. I'll just give you a little yeah, like, brief, please, yeah. brief idea of it, but... When they initially started the algorithm, the AI, it is an AI. Yeah, it learns you. The concept that they wanted, well, we want to spend, we want to keep people on the platform. Yeah, we want to keep personalize them it, right? We want to keep them here because then we can sell ads yep. and money. we can make more money because people are paying attention and seeing them. So they started it off with, you know, like good intentions. We just want to know what people like so they stay on longer and show them things that they would like. Great intention. But the underlying thing was that they wanted to keep people on the platform. So the algorithm started learning and getting smarter. Mm -hmm. And it realized that conspiracy theories keep people on the platform. You keep watching. 
you get because it's like interesting because it's like you're finding out something that no one else knows. It's this thing that the general population or the the accepted thing it's different to that. So it's like oh, I'm getting let in on some secret that no one knows, mm. and so it plays to that like you know that that thing of keeping you on. And I don't know, like you know, I don't see a lot of conspiracy stuff on my feed because I'm not into that. Like yeah. it's not something that I like yeah. watch and, and get sucked into because then I go and, you know, if I do see something, I go and do research and message friends who, yeah. who were ex, you know, who know things in these areas and go, and they're like, Oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that makes sense if you look at it from that perspective, but what about this? Like, mm. and then it's, so I don't see a lot of that stuff. I imagine you would probably see a lot of that stuff. I don't do you? on, you don't? I don't, uh, and see, this is where we've got to be careful about what we're labeling as conspiracy. Yeah, because I, and I understand. Yeah, yeah. This it's, is a, it's a very broad term. Because if we're talking about, like, really what we're talking about in this day, day and age is anybody that's questioning something or saying something alternative to what the official story is, whether yeah. it's a government story or not, like whether it's that's the way it is or not, it's just like someone who's speaking against that is labeled conspiracy. And it's usually yeah. usually a conspiracy it's a, is again, something it's that's... Again, it's a generalized term. Yeah, it's generalized. It's, it's definitely, you know, nuanced. Like and we I, could talk about specific things yeah. and it would be different, you know, it would be different. There'd be some things that we talk about where I go, no, I, I agree with that. And I yeah. wouldn't think of it as a conspiracy, but then other people would. Yeah, and I think, like you said, it comes down to... Um, See, I should have been careful about the common sense word because, you know, yeah. you're right. Because common sense is all about your perspective and it seems common to you, but common sense isn't so common to other people. Now, the things that I see, for instance, on uh, let's, let's just say use the US election as an example. Yep. You know, we've got a lot of people that have clearly chosen a side, whether that's influenced by mainstream or not they have been chosen they've chosen a side yeah. i mean that's american politics in a nutshell well they i mean you side, know like they've chosen sides yes yeah. and and you know it's it started not, a while ago it's too. not helped by by the ones that are seeking to benefit so yeah. for example in the, the democratic party has paid a lot of money to celebrities big tech yeah to support their campaign and and yeah. it's it's not hidden knowledge that yeah. Any, and you can see it on any major news network, it's all bashing Trump. Now, I'm not a Trump supporter because there's a lot of things that Trump says I don't agree with. Mm. And, you know, I should, to, on the record, I don't support Biden either. So I don't support either yeah. of them. But I mean, it doesn't really matter for us because we're exactly, it's not, but it's not it's our like, country. Like, we don't really matter when yeah, it comes but, to that. But, yeah, but I, I've I never understand. seen any mainstream thing bashing Biden the same way they bash Trump, for example. So I think that. In terms I mean, of like the Fox News, though Fox, well, Fox is obviously more con, uh, it's on Trump's side. So you've yeah. got, and in, in, you see it in the UK. There's certain papers and things that are, are left or yeah. right. Like it's it's normal. Um, but when you've got big tech like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, where all of the the traffic is, and and what I would call culture is living, the fact checkers or you know how how these tech monopolies are then having control over society both being influenced everybody knows it's influenced by money yep if we follow the money and you actually look at who 
is funding what and yeah. why they might do these things, mm. it makes sense. Yeah. So we've seen all of Hollywood supporting the Democrats. You don't see any Hollywood celebrities supporting Trump unless they get shut down or whatever. Everyone supports Biden. Go vote. Let's change. Let's get rid of the orange orangutan and let's, you know, move on to a la-da-da-da-da. Now, why? Well, Hollywood is run and based on the same people that run the careers that they have. It's based. So if they don't comply, they're under pressure that they lose their standing. Now, we have that all over the world. It's all hierarchical right so going back to your point about someone being of good intention someone with you know like you and i might go to uni we've got uh big dreams of trying to change the world do the good things like we learn all about the stuff at uni mind you which is all many years out of date by the time things that we learned at uni now are many many years out of date many years out of date exactly calories in and calories out Mm, and you know many maybe not so everyone much. talks about school and how nothing you learn at school has ever prepared us for the real world yeah we think about these things and you think about the why and it goes back to our whole conversation if i was starting something why would i do it or why would i want to make something gain now that's going to be different for a lot of people yeah but we know that in the majority of circumstances at the top it's fueled by money Yep, sadly, I would definitely sadly. agree with that. So if we follow that and we follow the political influence and we follow who's going to gain, like to me, whether coronavirus is real or not doesn't matter to me, but it matters to Bill Gates big time because he makes 20 to 1 returns on vaccinations. Mm. So it's in his best interest that the world gets a vaccination because he's going to make a shit ton of money on it. Now, whether or not he's a bad person, I'll leave that to another discussion. Yeah. But things like that on their own, I think we call it, you know, maybe circumstantial evidence. But if you add up all these different points and you lay the blueprint out in front of you, there's a lot of questions. For stuff, for example, the, uh, the flu, normal flu, we all have a, a fairly basic understanding that this thing goes around, it changes year to year, there's a flu vaccine if you want one, it's on your own risk, your health is yours to look after. Yeah. And you know, if you're sick, you generally sort of stay away from people, we, that's how things work, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got this understanding. Now, if there was conflicting stories about this flu that goes around each year. Some saying, oh, you have to get the, you have to get this because influenza kills lots of people every year. You have to wear a mask or you have to stay in your homes. You have to, you know, get a vaccine. You have to whatever because influenza kills many, many people. Cancer kills many, many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obesity, many, many people. Smoking, da, 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 da. You know, we've got a lot of these issues. Yeah. Why then is the response so disproportionate and so many holes in the same... I have the answer to that for you from a okay, health yeah. perspective. Okay, no, 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 sorry, yes, you're right. And like that's, that's more an open-ended question because yeah. that's diving into details. And yes, yeah. you know, coronavirus but is different the pro- to the flu. Like and- we said, there's problems with with generalizing things because yes. there's specific details. So that's why I'm like, that's why, you know, I don't want to necessarily use the flu as an example. But yeah, that's why yeah. I listed all of these other things of yeah. of other 
potentially massive causes of death and disease yeah. in our in our population. Now, on its own, this response to the virus without this conflict conflict of interest, without this political yep. driving, without the holes in the stories, without all the police brutality, yep. the ridiculousness that's going on, these changing of rules and borders and standing up and dancing and da 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 da. If on the surface of it, if in general conversation, if everybody's going, yeah, this makes sense, then cool. But we've got so many people questioning this. Where there's smoke, there's fire. So as I said to you earlier, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, whereby conspiracy theorists, in commas and quotes and whatever, probably are running wild with the thing to try and over-exaggerate. And then there's people that get really worked up about it and they will create their own pieces of content and they'll, you know, start. And then they'll benefit, get, like you said. Exactly, they'll benefit and they benefit from well. it and they'll start turning into their audience and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So you've got to, every time I find out a piece of information or, or, or get an opinion, I will counterbalance it with why they might be saying it and where they might be coming from with why they're saying it. Yeah. If it's a news company, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because they're reading off a script, but they're, yeah. they're the higher people and in And they that, want clicks. They want clicks. They, they want, want clickbait, yeah, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. That's why it's always cases, cases, cases for the last six months, not anything positive. It's always yeah. fear-driven. It's always fear-driven. I, yeah, definitely. And like you agree with this. There's a lot of people that agree with this. Yeah. So, but why, why is it like that? And why are we having to deal with it like this in this way? Why can't we... These are all open-ended questions. These are like, it's just sort of, these are the things that I think about. Then I come back and I go, the government has our best interests at heart. You know, we should trust like they're experts. They've been to university. I haven't. They know what they're talking about. I don't. But then you get another supposed expert who's also studied for years and years and years. Says something else. Who says something completely different. But then the media will say, oh, these people are da-da-da-da-da. And then you go, why are they telling them to shut up? They're a doctor as well. So why can't they have just as much of a stage? They may be wrong. Yeah. They may be wrong. And I'm not saying they're right. Scientific consensus, right? But science is about battling and working out what's what's new and and coming up with these conflicting things. So why silence one side? I think and it's then, just about like not getting the <clears throat> wrong message out. If the if the general consensus from scientists is this because this many people think this yeah. because they've looked into it and done the research and only a few are saying this, well, it's like, well, which do we choose? Do we... Who has the right to choose though? Yeah. Is well, it the people? the general consensus? But shouldn't it come back on the individual for your health? For example, like yeah, health freedoms, but, right? We, you know, for example, with yeah. vaccinations, we all have health freedoms. We yep. have our our um, democracy that we've built and people have yep. died for. Many generations have died to fight for this level of, of yep. democracy. 100%. Like, I totally understand what you're saying. Mm. I totally understand what you're saying. I just mean And like, I totally understand what you're saying. And this yeah. is why I wanted to talk about this because I knew we could have a yeah. A civilized discussion about it and flush out a heap of points about it. Yeah, because you know, like I don't care. People can call me what they want. I'm quite vocal about how I feel about a lot of this stuff. And yeah. and like I think rightly so, I should be allowed to question. Yeah, hundred percent. 
as soon as I start saying, nah, you're wrong, that's the problem. Or you can't say and your that's opinion. Why I always come into the conversation as, well, yeah, but have you thought about this? Yeah. Because you maybe you don't know this. Or exactly. maybe you do, you know. Exactly. But are we questioning Dan Andrews in that way? But well, who does? Yeah. Apparently his advisors do or his team. But who's on his team? The same people that benefit from the same things he benefits from. Do you see what I'm going with this? Yeah, There's, I, understand, I understand your so, whole, your whole, yeah. like that whole vibe. So most of the population, to summarize quickly, most of the population, like you and I, have really good intentions. We want to do the right thing. Yeah. We want to listen to the people who we think have our best interests. We want to get this thing the hell over with and work towards being better, happier, positive, everything else. Yeah, back right? to some kind of normalcy. Yeah, right? So everyone's in the same boat. I think we'll see this play out very interestingly um, over the next year or so um, up to 2030. Um, I think it's going to be a big battle between these two sides of opinion and we're going to really see this flushing out of well, we're going to get to the, the bottom of the truth no matter way, which way yeah. it is. And for me, as you've just alluded to, having civilized conversations whereby we're not jumping on Facebook and saying all Trump supporters are dickheads and I'm going to unfriend everyone that's a Trump yeah. supporter. Like that's childish. Yeah. You know, it's these people are, we're all the same. We're all human beings. We all yeah. want the same thing. We're all part of this and... Having empathy and understanding for someone else who is clearly angry about something that something's going on. It's more about let's work together. Let's find out where we can get the best middle ground and keep the civilized debate alive. 100%, yeah. That's kind of where I'll leave it. <laughs> um, I, I really like... Something when I was speaking to uh, my friend who's a virologist yeah. um, who's done his PhD and all stuff and he's like so into this stuff, like, he's yeah, like cool. getting into the research. It's and awesome because he'd love it because it's right up his alley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he was like because he was doing his PhD and he was like yeah. just we've been like talking about it amongst ourselves and all this stuff. He said, I said like so what? what is it? And he said like look, dude, like he's like we're going to be looking through the data for years to come to find out what the truth was. But he said, basically, we're running thousands of imperfect experiments all over the world because there's so many variables. Like usually when you do an experiment, you try and control everything and only yeah. have one variable. You control and one So yeah. that you can yeah. figure out what the difference yeah. is. But he's like, we're doing thousands of experiments all over the world that are imperfect and it's going to take years and years for us to get through the data and actually figure out what the truth was at the end. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's a thing. Like, He's right. He's hundred percent right. And it's about like, it's hindsight is the most powerful thing, sadly. Yeah. Um, looking back, we'll be able to discover where these things went wrong. All I'm making my voice heard about is the fact that there's a few people that seem to be capitalizing on the situation. Yep. Um, whether the situation was, uh, planned at their pre-pandemic planning a few years ago, and and in my opinion, as I've said, it's pandemic. Um, yeah, but you know, 
So, or is it just coincidence that they're just taking advantage of something that's happened? Because well, okay, you know, what, yeah. what do they say in like you know in times of crisis you take advantage of the things that you can? Like, yeah, and or, um, it's something and, like that. You know, opportunists will strike. Um, it's just it's too fishy that the the same people that are involved now are the ones who practiced this in a in you know in a controlled environment a few years ago and the ones that have been openly talking about reduction of population in vaccine using vaccines have been openly talking about the fact that there's a pandemic arriving in Trump's presidency and something's going to go down in the last year of his presidency they all talk about 2020 there's it is very Many coincidental. I will, I will give you that. It's very coincidental. And, okay, but so in the same thing, like virologists have been saying for like 20 years that there's going to be a pandemic. Yes, yes. They've been saying that this, from, from a scientific point of view. For they're years. Like, there's, there's these new viruses that come up and our bodies don't have vaccines. So if don't you're, have yes, a way to, you're right. To, you're 100% to fight right. That. So if you're so thinking. So they've known that for ages. Yes. Okay. This is my next point though. If you're then thinking, how do we capitalize on a world situation to make change? How do we get everyone to believe in something that we're saying? How do we get some people to follow a narrative without question? Virus. Yeah. Very, very easy. Unknown, hidden threat. With it's As you said, it's been spoken about. Yeah. So when they planned a worldwide response to a pandemic and speak about when it's happening and then it does happen, we go, hmm, not saying I'm like, yep, sold. That's what happened. Yeah. You planned it, you little, you know, but my eyebrows raise. And then I take a little bit of skepticalness looking at other things. And then a month later, my eyebrows raise again and go, hang on. That yeah. matches what I've seen here. Yeah. And then the same thing as we were talking about before, things pop up and la da 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 Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna, we could go around in circles with this. I, I <laughs> Wouldn't it so, be so great to just be in that inner circle though of these people and actually be in the room and, be, and, and actually hear them if, if, if it was a thing that they'd planned like to be in there and go, oh, wow. Or, I don't think we'd want to. to or if I think it'd be not, quite scary. Or if it's not, like, you know what I mean? Like to... Just to just to know, and that's the yeah. whole thing is that we don't know. We don't know, but we do know some things. We do know that the truth isn't everything we see and hear. Yeah, and we do know that we need to have freedom of speech and discussion. Yeah, and our democracy to keep things the way we want them. Yeah. So as soon as we see things impeaching on that, that's when we have an issue. Yeah. I'll agree with that. I believe we have that issue big time right now, personally. Yeah, it's fine. Like, like for example, with censorship, if it's got nothing to do with coronavirus, the yeah. fact that you can't post anything to do with, you know, like the save the children thing or you can't post some specific hashtag or something that completely censors it is ridiculous. Mm. Now, the... But would you say the same thing about, like, racist posts and things that are, like, that we accept as not being a... A cultural social norm? Yes. So how would you... So I'm being you careful think- here, but I think it's okay for people to say what they want. I would agree. Because but as soon as you start... As soon as you stop one... Them. Yes. As soon as you stop one thing, you have to stop everything. So I'm all for the fact that you, sh- like you shouldn't be saying these things and they're harmful to people, 100%. Mm. But there's a line. 
and we're navigating this line very, very finely yeah. over these times and figuring out how it works because we've never, it's unprecedented. We don't know what it's like to have a company ruin, like ruling our social networks. It's yeah. ruling how we communicate and what we're into. You need to doing. watch the social. Dilemma. I don't think I will. It, this is all about, this, it's going to make all me about upset. This. It's going to, it's probably going to make no, me upset. No, but it's actually quite at the end, they talk about ways, there's a, there's a group of people who are working on ways where they can actually make it better. But one thing I want to say about opinions is that, you know, everyone, so many people go, well, that's my opinion that, and that's it. And they think that that's the end of a conversation. No, it's, like, it's not. No, you can have an opinion, but we can also question and criticize your yes. opinion. Yes. Like, you know, you know, everyone says opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. Yeah. But if your opinion's shitty, I have the right to question your opinion. Saying that's my opinion is not the end of the conversation. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't. That's well, not the end of the yeah. conversation. I, I can question your opinion and I can criticize your opinion and then we can sit be. there it and have a, di- have a dialogue. Yeah. People who say, well, that's my opinion. It's usually mean, yeah. That. It usually means that, apart from the fact that I was saying it just to clarify that no, I'm no, not no. generalizing, and I understand but yeah. That, yeah, but but we've gone backwards and forth. Yeah, and I've questioned your opinion and yeah. we've had a dialogue. Yeah. amongst it which is healthy That's it. you need but to be like, able to back down and be like i might be wrong here and yeah. and um that's where I was going with how people are calling out their friends and, and you know, having lengthy exactly. arguments over stuff that really doesn't matter. And that's really heartbreaking to see that the fact that, you know, the, the culture is being driven this way in, I'm not going to say it, in a way that's been done from the media or from this fear-driven Definitely. tactic. And it's, it's pushing everyone into fear. It's pushing everyone into self-protect mode. And yeah. that's that's closing off the avenues to love, understanding, connection. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, on a more positive note, I also think that this um, pandemic has brought everybody closer together. Yeah, because it's allowed the it's, value of human connection. Yes, one hundred percent, and it's shown how important or how you know, maybe caught up we were in our previous lives or how... The things that didn't actually matter. The things that didn't matter. Um, some people have gone the other way and are really deep into things that don't matter, maybe yeah. myself included. But, you know, <laughs> there's like... you've. I think that there's a lot of genuinely similar people or um, in times of crisis, people band together. And I think I have a lot of hope for humanity as a whole in terms of overcoming... Same. I any mean, we've always overcome things. any challenge that we've we've had as a, you know. Unless you're a dinosaur. Well, but that's not humans. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, um, but right. yeah, I just want to finish on one thing. Like, you know, I, I always talk about when um, I don't talk about things as debates or yeah, anything debate like feels- that. At yeah, each other. it's we've yeah we've got we're trying to get our point to be winning. Yeah, I always talk, talk think of them as discussions or conversations. Hundred percent. So I think if people can get away from thinking that it's a debate where I have to win, it's not about winning. It's about understanding. Well, that's, that's that's it, and I think that's where we're both coming from on this. Is exactly, like, and that's why I wanted to have this yeah. discussion with you because to show people that we have very different opinions on these things. Yeah, we do, but. We can have a discussion about it yeah, and we can give our points like of view. You you believing something doesn't dictate the type of person you are. Yes, exactly. 
even if you believed in the KKK and Hitler and la da 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 da. Which I don't. Okay, Let's just yes. for, the, for the record, for record. But I don't. But if yeah. you follow things that are a little bit left of centre, it's not up to me to, to, to debate that. If I choose that you're not the type of person that I want to hang out with, so be it. But not, not to bring you down. I have a lot of respect for you as a person, regardless of what your beliefs are. Yeah, and I think exactly. that that's what we need to bring to our lives and yeah. you know anybody that listens to this or whatever and if you're still listening if you're still here big well ups done. to you because well <laughs> you've, you've <laughs> yeah. gone around in circles and done so much um, stuff but yeah, they, yeah i think it's a big thing to. to like people need to it's not a me versus you it's we're all humans we're all trying to get through this thing and we're all trying to you know figure it out we don't all have all the information Regardless of yeah. how knowledgeable you are on or a topic, think you are, yeah. <laughs> or you think you are, yeah. or the people you know, or the things you've read, you don't have all the information. And so I always like to think, well, maybe they know something I don't know at any time yeah. with anyone I meet. Maybe they know something I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a healthy way to think about things. Got it. 100%. All right, let, let's finish it up here. So, um, go check out all Art Supply stuff. Thank you. Uh, yes. His music and stuff. Where can we find you? Well, uh, most so most of my helpful stuff, music production wise, is uh, either on Instagram or YouTube um, forward slash Art Supplies Music, all one word. You'll be able to find that. Um, no dramas. Do you have a website that links to everything? I do, I yeah. I feel like you do. So Artsuppliesmusic.com. Artsuppliesmusic.com. Go Easy. there and you'll yeah. have all the links. And it'll be ready, yeah. And then stream my music. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, if you stuck around this long, you're a legend. Well done. Um, and, yeah, I um, I think we're going to do a few more of these uh, with you. I was, we were I'm talking thinking. in the break about doing – I think I'm going to have some regular guests where we just – talk about things people who i know i can have just good conversations with. <laughs> talk forever about stuff yeah, yeah. like uh, i don't know how no. long we've been going but no. we could probably go for way i know we could go for ages and i love being on so thanks for having us awesome all right thanks, see bro. you next time bro all right laters see you guys bye bang there we go guys another episode in the bag thanks to jordan for coming on the show i always love when i get to sort of have a big long discussion with someone and that uh podcast or this podcast just gone um was a great example of that um, I really enjoy any time I get to speak and spend time with Jordan, but it's really great when we can actually talk about music production and give some value back to, you know, everyone out there. Make sure you go and check out all the stuff that Art Supplies does. Uh, you know, you can go to the website, www.artsuppliesmusic.com.au. Go check that out. You can find all the links to everything he does there. He's got some great tutorials and tips and tricks about music production. So make sure you go and check out all the stuff that he's doing across all the platforms. Make sure you're following me on all platforms. It's at BoyKingKoi on everything. I'm super easy to find. Go to the website, www.abeerwith.com for all your podcast needs. You can go to the store there and purchase some of our products, which always will help us out. All the money that you spend there goes straight back into the podcast and allows us to get some more cool things like stubby coolers, bottle openers, and sort of, you know, get some other cool stuff going. So I really hope you guys will go over there and support that as well. All right, guys, so for the next podcast, we actually have our first podcast with two guests. Uh, so I now have enough equipment for this 
to happen in our studio. And so I'm going to start doing a few with duos and things like that uh, so that we can sit down and have a chat. So this one is with Kips and Rook. Uh, that is what will be out next week. So uh, I really think you guys will love this one as well. Uh, it's really great to, you know, sit down with two people, uh, different dynamic, but it was very interesting and I enjoyed it. I'm sure the girls did too. So um, check out that one next week, next Monday, as always. All right, guys, that's it for this one. I hope you're having a great day or night, wherever you are, and I'll see you guys soon for the next episode.